106.9. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. If you missed yesterday's program, you can podcast about three-fourths of it there. It's a good part. Not, not all of it. We are uh, we, we had some issues with this. We This radio station was one of the first radio stations in the country to like beta test this new product for podcasts. Now, here's the thing. It has made my life easier in the regard of posting the, the podcast to the websites easier than ever before. It's like three clicks and I'm done. So it has saved me about 25 minutes out of my day. So that part I like. Okay. But it's a but it's a baby program. And so there's going to be like hiccups along the way. It's nobody's fault. It's just this is new and we're and we're just and we're figuring it out. But the problem is is that I'm and not like look, it comes with my job. But people are like screaming at me all night on Twitter, which I love because it tells me you want the product. Which is as long as that's going on, as long as the show is worth listening to so much that you're upset when you can't, I'm a happy man. That's all I care about. So now I want you to be able to listen to. It. I care about that too. So there's there's been a little bit of an issue. Uh, my boss was out of the building yesterday. I'm hoping to be able to have a meeting with him today about that and a few other things. I uh, I, I apologize. I'm going to have to start this program the way I did the previous two days. Um, I still do not have both my working computers up and running at the same time. Now our third day of work this week. Now yesterday I saw the engineer and guy. In the hallway, he goes, you know what? I'm going to be done with your stuff today. I was like, oh, so you know it's not done yet. He was like, yeah. So I walked away from that head scratching going, well, gee, I would have liked an email telling me that. That way when I came into work in the morning, I would know, or the night before, I'd get it on my phone and know, and I can prepare otherwise. So I come in today, no email, stuff's not fixed. Like, stuff's not right. And so I'm flying blind now again for the third day in a row. Now, the good news is, last two shows have been pretty good, so maybe this is the new system. Maybe, you know, maybe if you keep me on my toes, maybe that's the best way to do it. I don't know. Maybe that's what my boss is doing. I have no idea. But it's starting to get a little frustrating. And as we're going to start to talk about contracts and extending the years of, you know, of service that this show will, will provide to Rock 106.9 and that whole thing, I'm really, it's not going to, for me, it's not going to be as much about money as it is going to be about you need to start, and I mean tomorrow, helping us. Because I, I don't get this. I don't understand it. To three years in, to this day, even before these computer problems, this is going to sound crazy to, the, to you, the audience. Before the show starts or during a commercial break, if, I, if there's a piece of video that I want to watch and decide if it's something we should talk about on the program, I have to leave the radio studio, go down two hallways to another room, plug in my headphones in there, and then listen to it in there, and then come back in here and go, yeah, let's load that, let's go. Does that sound right? No, because it isn't. Because it's wrong. This is what I said yesterday. I'm done with trying to help us. Just get your foot off my neck. At least give me like radio 101 stuff. There it is. Okay. I just needed to need a little bit of that and I'm ready to go. Very frustrating in any workplace when you're not given the tools to succeed. It's one thing. And if- while you're succeeding, because the problem is, is we're doing so well, nobody's going to think any of these problems are problems because there's no problems in the ratings. When you're, when no you're su- pro- right. succeeding in spite of. Yeah. Right. 
I uh, it just it it sucks. I mean, it really does. Where 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 you're not laying down on the job, you're not incapable of doing the job. I want to do more. It's just I'm that, trying to give them more. You're not given the, the 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 tools to succeed there. And I mean, I'm sure plenty of people in plenty of different jobs right now are like, dude, you know what? I feel you. My right. boss is. It's not even that my boss is an idiot. My boss is is not allowing me. He just doesn't know, baby. A, a lot of times, I'm not gonna call my boss an idiot. Mm-hmm. He tells me all the time, you know, people don't care about these kind of problems with that you have. And I say to him all the time, yes, they do. Those people are driving to a to those people work too they know what it's like to have workplace issues that's a relatable thing am i up on my you know my screaming and my vomit at the mouth am i calling you and con- no i'm not doing any of those things i'm just laying it out and saying i'm having issues and i've been brushed off about these issues and for some reason they don't cons- they don't consider them issues and the problem is is because the show's so good and i hate to say that because it makes me sound egotistical but the problem is is that in this in this market this is the best radio show in this market not the highest bar but at the same time i'll take it as a compliment now the best radio now the best radio stations my 1017 that's not even close but the best show is this one is this one i don't know how it wouldn't be Oh, you know what part of this problem is? What is that? Our engineer left himself logged in into all these computers again. Mm. And so maybe if I oh, all the way back out. Oh, my all God. Back out. Oh, my God, dude. Like, I, how does the guy who handles the computers not know to do that? Yeah, that's kind of a. Uh, it's just like I plugged it in. I'm done. And I walked away from it. And because there's no accountability here. At all. It's a bit of a knucklehead move. I mean, like, the guy who's like, oh, you guys have to update your passwords and make sure everything's secure. You're just leaving your computers logged so in. So now I got to go all the way back. All right, whatever. Now I know you don't care about that little bit of a problem. How Do Matthew Fantone riding shotgun as always. How hey are everybody. you, buddy? I'm, I feel like I'm doing considerably better than you are this morning. You are. I, I'm not, not to rub it in your face or anything. You but my, totally are. My, my computers work over here. And actually, uh, the thing I do want to talk about, it's something oh, I saw on the computer yesterday. It's oh. actually something you posted. Oh, well, oh I was going to say, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get to it tomorrow. Oh, are you about to talk about Facebook Marketplace? I can't wait, dude. Okay, because I was going to go here, so go ahead. Cannot wait. Facebook Marketplace. It's this new thing on your Facebook app. Everyone has it on their phone. Whether you want it or not, it's just like this little icon in the middle. And what it is, it's people from Facebook, whether you can set it up for 40-mile radius or a 10-mile radius. It's Craigslist on Facebook. Right. And it is insane, dude. The people, I just want to know, when you sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace, when you sell stuff on Craigslist, when you sell stuff in a garage sale or something like that, what are people thinking charging the prices that they're charging when i see stuff that's like hey use you know use aeropostel hoodie for 50 dollars. what is wrong with you what kind of drugs are you trying to buy and like what are you hawking thinking that you're gonna make this kind of i know you're high if you're selling stuff online that's like clothing or like or like uh, there's someone selling a bunch of fishing lures right now and i'm like oh this dude's selling it for meth for sure i was gonna say for he's sure. not high he wants to be right high. right right <laughs> that's what's what, happening it just boggles my mind what people think they can get away with charging with when it comes to used goods, when it's like, oh, hey, here's some three T boys clothes, and they're charging twenty dollars for for a pair of kids clothes. What are you what are you talking about, lady? I simply said, I don't know if it's that I don't know anybody that's ever bought anything from Facebook Marketplace, or if it's just they never returned back from buying that PS2 game. Because I mean, I've never I like okay, I've only perused through it like a handful of times, but I've never seen anything in there I would want. And dude, buying things off a of Craigslist it, it freaks me out. Like I know the cops always say, if you're gonna set up a meeting with some to buy something off the internet, you know what they say the best place to do that is? Organize the meet in the parking lot of the police station. 
How smart is that? Yeah. I mean, if you're not buying anything illegal, that's really smart. So cops say. always say, cops always, yeah, <laughs> don't set your coke. Stansbury told me to buy cocaine here. I don't can do buy that. Oral sex here, right? That's fine. <laughs> Craigslist back page. We do that here. It's fine. It's legal. Don't, don't, no, no. no it's not, it's not going to be all products, but you can get a VHS. You know what I mean? Of the land before time. I just, I just don't get it. I just don't understand. And like, listen, you know, uh, I got a lot of comments here of people saying it's all good. I'm sure that yes, you have gone just like Craigslist, and you know, people. Uh, there's plenty of examples of like, oh, hey, it went fine. But I just can't, I just can't wrap my head around uh, what people decide to sell and what people think they're going to get out of out of their crap, out of their garbage, out of their used stuff. Like, I'm not buying. I saw like it was like a, uh, a, a children's like toilet, and and it was like, what? hey, we cleaned it out already. And I'm like, this is where your three year olds going to pee. Like, you can go buy a fresh one at Walmart for eleven ninety nine. I was gonna say, I don't know what those cost, but not much. Not much, and even regardless what they do cost, I think it's worth, when you're urinating on something, you should probably buy it new. You should probably buy it fresh. I don't think you should buy anything used if... if, if now, that's I, that's a little judgmental. Yes. Dude, your girlfriend wasn't new. I guess. I uh, <laughs> you know Speaking I mean? of my girlfriend, and this is where it all comes from, she loves looking at this. She's never bought anything, but she's like obsessed with like looking at Facebook Marketplace and like laughing Well, at yeah, stuff. dude, somebody trying to sell a $20 pair of sweatpants is hilarious. And she she said to me, it was this was, uh, you know, she didn't have a job about a month or two months ago. She was, she was yeah, in she between was in between jobs. Yeah. And she said to me, she's like, do you think we should start like selling my stuff? She's like, I have so many clothes. I have so much stuff. And I'm like, no, we're not getting your head chopped off. And then like, not worth no, it. I don't think not at all. Not, not worth it. Not to make, not to make 60 bucks and be like, all right, well, my friend Aaron, you know, reached out to me after I posted that. And she was like, I do this all the time. And I said to her, I said, Aaron, you are a beautiful young woman. Like she is. She's like a nine for sure. I was like, you're too hot for this. Like, not that, you know, ugly people can't be attacked, right. too, but she's a single mom. Father's not in the picture. I mean, you know, you know, whatever. He's a weekend dad or whatever, but they don't live together. So, like, she's, I was like, you can't just go meet strange men and buy things in parking lot. I was like, dude, one, sooner or later, one of these guys is going to beat you over the head and take you someplace. Like, it's not good. Isn't inevitably that going to just happen in a parking lot yeah, anyway? But, uh, right. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. But I think, all right. If, if you're playing Russian roulette and you only put one bullet in the gun, it'd be like, well, you might get shot with it, so you might as well put four bullets in it no, then. That's you, not you, know, you know what I mean? That's not right. a good system. I think you're just adding more problems. Uh, I, I don't know about Facebook Marketplace. I guess maybe I'm spoiled and I have a debit card and I can go into a store. I guess maybe that's part of the problem. Uh, you know, the guys are now reaching out to me, go, dude, I sold my PS4 last week. It's easy. It's super easy. Now, I do have some things I want to buy or, uh, the, or that I want to get rid of. But, dude, then people got to come to your house, or I got to leave and go, nah, 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 I'll eBay it and ship it. So, as Fantone sits here in a Cavalier shirt. Yeah, I do. Uh, there's a theory that a uh, sports fan from somewhere else in the country has posted online about LeBron James and the era of basketball that LeBron James, this is the you couldn't play in Michael's era conversation. And there's a rule that has been changed in the NBA and I don't think most casual sports fans have a clue of what this guy's talking about. So Fantone's going to make us smarter on the NBA next on the Stansbury Stansbury show on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9, 8.30. You're getting hooked up with WWE tickets. They're coming back to town January the 22nd. Civic yeah. Center will get you hooked up. Pretty good tickets. Yeah. No bad seat in the house, actually, None. for the WWE at the Civic Center. I mean, that's the nice thing about an intimate venue like that is that, uh, you know, once you put the ring in there, you know what I mean? You shrink it down even further there, and it becomes like, I mean, I remember when we went, we were sitting like fifth row, and then I ended up knowing somebody up in the stands. 
And so, like, I went all the way up, and I sat all the way up in, like, the last row, and you could still, like, see everything that was happening. You'll be able to smell Seamus and Cesaro. That doesn't sound... That doesn't... That does not sound like a good way to plan that. You know, uh, according to Twitter, that the 20 million... Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, that's what the audience is, uh, is called, the 20 million, because that's how many people there are. Although it's three years, I bet it's closer to 21, but whatever. Pumped it up a, a little. But 20's a, you know, 20's a good round number, I like it. They're already figuring out carpooling situations and how they're all going to get together and what they're all going to do for St. Patrick's Day. I love this. I love the fact that the audience plans on what they're going to do for our events before the radio station even starts to think about it. Yeah, dude, St. Patrick's Day. Guys, like... I'm gonna, guys, I'm going to tell you right now. We won't. And not we, <laughs> but the radio station won't start worrying about St. Patrick's Day till March 1st. Yeah. That's yeah, when they're going to worry about it. When we say, hey, guys, it's March, by the way. Are we going to do this? Should we do this? That's when they're going to start to work on it. Speaking of it being March, maybe we should do a bracket. People love winning it when when college sports. Stop. Dude. Stop backing up. You are not. Dude, you are not doing an online (laughs) bracket system to help you get web hits. No. No, You are to post the same thing that my 1017 posts and then get emails about how your web numbers are no good. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. No brackets. No fantasy football. None of that stuff guys like. No hot girls. What are you talking about? St. Patrick's Day. Shut up. So I love that. All right. Moving forward. Enough kicking our boss in the balls. So I saw this last night, and it made me a little angry. Okay. Okay. Now, when you're the best at something, everybody's trying to knock you off because somebody else wants to be the best. Or somebody that isn't involved in the situation at all just wants to say that the person they like is better than you, right? So when you're the best, people come after you. Of course. This is all about LeBron James. I know all about this. People come after me all the time. So I saw this last night, and this is all about this hand check rule. Okay? And I will tell you that I understand that the rule has changed. But if I was on Jeopardy right now and was pressed for the for the definition of what the hand check was, I'm not sure I could give an accurate like definition of what that is. I have a roundabout idea, but I don't know en- what is that exactly. There's a couple different la- layers to it, but it's it, it's essentially it. I don't want to say made defenses. Um, uh, less physical, but you can't stop a player with the basketball by using your hands. It's not that you can't touch guys, but you can't establish contact and use that to impede how he's moving or, or change the direction of how. So this he's is moving. when, like back in the day, when I collected basketball cards, you'd see guys with their hand out, like on them. You right. can't do that. You can't do that okay. anymore. You know now. Okay. now That's guys, what I thought. Now, guys, instead of being able to do that and control the control the guy with the ball, they have to beat the guy to the ball with you know beat the guy to the spot. You know right. they, they have to be able to do that. So I picked up this debate via a Twitter account uh, from a guy from Fox Sports that I like a lot that I hated when the first time I heard him and then I listened to him a little bit more and now I like him a lot, which is I'm sure that's what happened with you guys with me, right? And so his his name is Nick Wright and he's pretty talented and he's got some crazy ideas, but but he defends LeBron a lot, so when he listens there he makes good points. So a guy reached out to him last night and said, "You understand with the hand check rule that LeBron James at best wouldn't have been able to make it in Michael's NBA, and that he, at best, hold on, this because I thought this was, I thought this was interesting. At best, he would have been Carl Malone. Now, Nick Wright responded and said, "You realize Carl Malone is a top twenty-five player, right? Right. So you so, either A couldn't make it, or B you could be a Carl Malone." <laughs> 
So, like, that right there is crazy. Now, I've heard people say Steph couldn't have made it because of the, you know, the, the thin body style. Maybe Durant even, too thin, can't body up, can't do this. But LeBron James is a freight train. I think he would have been able to play against the bad boys in Detroit pretty well. I think Craig Elo played against the bad boys in Detroit. Oh, look at that. I, I, right? I mean, uh, so, I you're think saying, about that. so you're saying Kevin Durant couldn't play in the same NBA that Craig Elo played in. Mark Price. Uh, like that's just that's John just, Stockton. It's just stupid. And I mean, we're not just. I don't want to just list white NBA players from the nineties. I mean, but oh, I would. Man, I didn't even think about that. Well, but at the same, well, find t- me a short, thin black dude. At the same time, that's just such a stupid argument to say that. Oh, dude, LeBron James, who is hands down one of the greatest basketball players of all time, couldn't make it in that style of play, dude. I mean, like you know what this is about. This is about the fact that they're starting to have the conversation now about how LeBron could past Jordan. And the theory I've heard recently, and again, Skip and Shannon were talking about this on Undisputed the other day, and Skip just hates LeBron, so you just got to mute him when he's talking and just listen to Shannon. And their theory was, if LeBron goes the next three NBA finals right. and wins... Okay. You gotta sh- you gotta shut the door. You got <laughs> yeah. No, but what, not the next three. I'm sorry, the next two. So this year, next year, if you do a, if, if 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 he gets a three peat in okay. a row in the in a Cavs uniform, that it's time to shut the door. Shut the door. Shut the argument. He's the goat. I, I, listen, as for much of a, a LeBron fan that I am, and I, I, I am, I love the guy. He's absolutely, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it would be hard for me to find an athlete that has meant more to me in my life. But I, I, you can never shut that door, no matter who it is, no matter what we're talking about. When it comes to that, to that Mount Rushmore, there's going to be so many different factors that go in for each different individual of like, hey, who's the greatest of all time? Where people are going to talk about Kareem, and people are going to talk about Jordan, and people are going to talk about LeBron. People are going to talk about Kobe, and that's what sports are there for. Like, I don't to like have the, the conversation. Yeah, I don't like the idea of shut the door. He's the greatest of all time. I mean, you can say that, but that's I, 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 that doesn't necessarily make it fact. How would LeBron have played in Michael's NBA? Who knows? How would Michael have adjusted to the game well, today? I mean, LeBron's what six eight. I mean, he's I mean, he's got the body to play in that era for sure. Guys, guys that played before the three point line, how would they have adjusted to you know rule changes and things sure. like that? And like, there is no one definitive goat like we can all have our favorites we can all have the guy that we think is the greatest but that's what sports are here for is for this debate and for this conversation and for us to be able to say you know obviously how old you are is going to make a huge difference where you know i'm 33 and like dude lebron's my guy he's who i came up with i grew up with michael right there's 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 a there's going to be a difference okay that's fair that's fair let me ask you this question because i don't know the answer to this i know michael is considered widely considered to be the greatest of all time and he was something to see when i was a kid there's no doubt okay but was he able to play every position on the floor the no. way LeBron is? No. Okay, well then how, no. that right there to me is like, well, I know that's getting more into a more valuable conversation than greatest all-time conversation, but I think there's something to that where you got to weigh it in a little. Yeah, Mike was never running the five. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I didn't he think so. Like, I was like, I don't I think I remember ever that. seeing that. Yeah, I don't I don't think that that sounds right. You know, I, you, you'll hear the same argument in the NFL and I guess in MLB and, you know, I'm sure fight sports are the same way, but it's like... Oh, ju- dude, the Amanda Nunes, uh, Ronda Rousey thing that's going on right now is crazy in the fight game. And you just have to... You just have to 
appreciate the greatness that's in front of you. Like, the thing is, is we all have our once-in-a-generation player, and we all think that, oh, greatest of all time. I mean, you, there, there, is no, there is no definitive finish line on that. Jordan is always going to be that guy that LeBron's chasing. If he wins the next two, if he three-peats and then becomes, you know, a, a three-time-in-a-row MVP of the finals, he's still going to be chasing the ghost, dude. So uh, just go out there, keep playing good basketball. Cavs lost last night, kind of sucked. But, uh, dude, it, it, appreciate it while we have it. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a he's a once in a generation type player. Um, he he's, I think, far and away better than the rest of the. I mean, like when you watch Kevin Durant play, because I watch a lot of Warriors games now, because I bet the under on their win total. I'm gonna lose. <laughs> Dude, they're they're pretty good. The yeah, Warriors. Not bad. Uh, I think I got it at 67 and a half. I have to check my ticket, but it looks like they're gonna beat it. But when you watch them now, like Steph Curry's invisible. He's invisible. Like, he's disappeared, that guy. There, I don't care who you get. and uh, Dude, Kevin Durant could have came to the Cavaliers. LeBron James isn't invisible when that happens. LeBron James is still LeBron James when that happens. I think that speaks volumes about who the guy is. I think LeBron's one of those guys. I think there are NBA players right now that could not have squared up well enough in the NBA back then. I think there are guys. There maybe are guys. I don't know. Is it a lot? Is it most? I don't know. That sounds crazy. But I bet there's a handful. Okay, I just don't know if I would put a guy with LeBron's body in there. Like, okay, look at Durant and look at LeBron. This is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. If you go back and look at those guys the day they were drafted and take a look look at who they are now, Kevin Durant looks exactly the same. LeBron James's body has transformed in a massive way. You can tell he's bulked up to play the kind of basketball he needs to play. Kevin's little, flimsy. Now he's great, great shooter, he's great. But he's little. It's kind of flimsy. I'll take the LeBron-style player. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. 106.9. Back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 8.30. You're getting hooked up with WWE tickets. That event rolls into Canton January the 22nd. It's a Monday Night Raw event. I don't really know what the distinction between Raw and a Raw event is. Uh, I'm sure, uh, you know what, Fantone, enlighten me. A lot of complexities you've got going on here. WWE, they've got like four. Dude, half the WWE audience can't spell complexities. Why are they making it so difficult? They've got like four different brands going right now. They've got uh, they've got the uh, Cruiserweights, they've got NXT, they've got SmackDown, and they've got Raw. So this is a Raw event. Awesome. And uh, it, it features the best of the best, man. Kevin Roman Owens. Reigns. Kevin Owens. Roman Reigns is going to be there. Sheamus and Cesaro, the new tag team champions. Oh, so that's okay. So that is two people. Yeah. Okay. Sheamus and Cesaro. Right. And you'll be able to smell them in the Civic Center. I'm telling you right now. I can smell <sighs> the people going now. <laughs> So that's your nerdy thing. Yeah. You know, I spent yesterday afternoon at the Cinemark on the Strip. Really? Enjoying my nerdy thing. I finally saw Rogue One in the theaters. Now, I had watched, I have one of those, and this is illegal. I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I have one of those like jailbroken fire sticks my buddy gave me. I thought you were going to say a drug problem. That's illegal too. You talk about that all the time. <laughs> it's not a problem until you run out. Then, then it's problematic. But I so I had watched like a bootleg of Rogue One, and the special effects didn't look as good as they would in the theater, and this and that. And I said, I remember saying on the air, that's the whole point of a Star Wars movie. The stories are always just like, I know they're building this, I know they're evil. Go get them, right? The story's always the story with Star Wars. It's not like the writing's great. It's not like the story's great. You're there to see it. 
right? Now that's coming from a dude. I have Star Wars things hung up in my house. I'm an ultra fan. So don't come at me. Don't at me and tell me I don't know what I, you know what I mean because I've offended you for your love of this stuff because I know how Star Wars people are because I'm one of you. What I will say about that, and I'm not a Star Wars person. I like Star Wars, but I'm not like a Star Wars person at any stretch. It does seem like the stories are really complex, though. They've got like 28 different movies. There's all these animated series. There's comic books now. The Star Wars universe well, Star seems War- complex. Star Wars was once known up, once known under a different name for the franchise. It was once back in the day called The Long Con. <laughs> it's, it's a 40-year plan to make you broke. It's The Long Con. But Rogue One was awesome. It was so good. I liked the story. I, I didn't realize. Like I said, and I knew, obviously, going into because I watched the bootleg. But before I had watched that, I didn't know which piece this was filling in. It was excellent. Yeah, I remember when this uh, movie trailer came out for Rogue One, and I said, hey, it's, you know, the, the next installment. Nope, and dude, nerds flipped out on yeah. me for getting it wrong. Yeah, oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Oh, dude, they were pissed. Yeah. So, so what part of the story is this? Okay, so in the first original movie, A New Hope, right. they have to, like, blow up the Death Star, right? Right. This is the movie where they, you know how like Princess Leia sends the plans with R2-D2 and like that whole thing? Sure. This is the movie where Princess Leia gets the plan. Like this is all about how they get that plan. So it's supposed to be in line with A New Hope and which is what's made it great is because, dude, Disney kept the gritty look of the Star Wars universe. The problem with the prequels was, it's again, the story's the story. The problem is, is he made them all gaudy. They were all shiny and looked like, you know, Atlantic City, and they were just gaudy. It was much like when they made Batman look like, when they made Gotham City look like Vegas, it just didn't come off right. And it was much the same thing. Disney went back and made it look gritty, made it look old, made it look torn and battle-worn, and it looks really good. And the movie came out really good, like really good. And that's why I didn't feel bad watching the bootleg first, because I went to the theater yesterday. I'm going to go again before the end of the week, and I'm going to buy the Blu-ray when it comes out. They're going to get their money from me. I just didn't want to deal with 3,000 people in the theater the first time I saw it. You know what I mean? I wanted to be like, all right, let me just kind of relax. Look at me making excuses for the things I do that are wrong. Yeah, who cares if I steal intellectual property? I'm going to, you know, I'll pay for it eventually, sooner or later. Sooner or later, um, damn good though. Everything I've heard is that it's uh, it, it's very war. You know, a lot of battle scenes, a lot of stuff like that. People are saying, and this is, and I thought this was nuts before I saw it yesterday. It's the best one since Empire. It's the best one since Empire. Um, you, you mentioned Princess Leia in there. It, it was Carrie Fisher in the movie. Yeah, she was in the movie. She's filmed. All her stuff for this, for obviously for Rogue One, and she's filmed most of her stuff for the next movie before she died. I thought it was before the first movie, so how could she be so old now and she's in the movie? Well, it's Hollywood, buddy. They have the magic. They really make her look like she looks like she did in A New Hope. Really? Yeah. That's impressive. Now, here's what I will say. 40 years, because Star Wars came out on my birthday. Actually, I was a year old, but it came out on my birthday. I was a year old. So like 40 years, this this this, this franchise has been out there. Vader is still, to this date, the best villain in film history. The best villain in film history. Hands down. I'll put it, dude, you can talk to me about Hannibal Lecter. You can talk to me about all these guys, Buffalo Bill, all this. You can talk to me about all that stuff. Don't care. Vader's the best villain ever put on film. You only see him a handful of times, but at the end of the movie, and if you haven't seen it yet, I'm sorry, turn off the radio or whatever, but the screen kind of goes black, and you hear him, And then next thing you know, the red comes up from the lightsaber, and he goes off. 
And like a little kid, I was just standing there with my eyes wide looking at the screen in wonderment. And I just, that's the, the first thought I had was that right there. 20 seconds of this made it all worth it. And best villain in, in film history. Like I couldn't, I was, I, oh man, I was beside myself yesterday. It's it was like, awesome. It's like orgasms, dude. 20 seconds of this makes it all worth it. All the crap that I just had to sit through, listening to you talk about your life and, and, and taking you out to dinner. As long as I can have 20 seconds of payoff, it's all I need. Well, the whole movie was good, but Vader is definitely <laughs> the best part. Now, keeping with the movies, there's something we want you to take a look at, and it's online for you, WRQK.com right now. It's called Timeless Rivals. This is all about McKinley versus the Maslin Tigers there, and uh, the, some filmmakers are looking for some, uh, some support. They are looking to make a documentary. It's going to be out, they say, October 2017, called Timeless Rivals, about the rivalry of the, coll- or of, 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 uh, you know, of the biggest high school football game in the country. Um, so they're looking for some help from the community, and uh, more info can be found at WRQK.com. Fantone's going to try to find the filmmakers and get them into the studio here in the coming weeks, because I'd like to talk to them about that. But you get a look ahead at Timeless Rivals, McKinley Bulldogs versus the Maslin Tigers online for you right now, WRQK.com. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. 8.30, we'll get you hooked up with some tickets for the WWE. They're back in Canton on the 22nd. Phantom's all excited? Oh, I'm excited is an understatement. And we'll Correct you- may be an overstatement, but it's close. And we'll get you hooked up. We're going to get into this a little later in the program, but I want some of you who are at your desks maybe now or maybe when you get to work to check this out. There's a video online at WRQK.com I think people are going to be interested in. There's a man out there who's trying to get us to treat pedophiles better and differently than we currently do. And again, we're going to get into this a little deeper in the program a little later as we get on, but his whole point is he's a virtuous pedophile and he full-on admits he has the desire to sleep with your children, but he's never done it and knows that he shouldn't and won't do it, and he wants better treatment for pedophiles so people who are attracted to children but don't want to act on it can come out of hiding and kind of start to live their lives. And again, we're going to get into it a little later because I'm going to pull some audio and let you take a listen to him. but the video's online, WRQK.com, and I posted this yesterday because I knew people were going to, I wanted to get some reaction. And one of the reactions was, because people were writing it, oh, you know, you send him to hell, you rip his balls off, you do all this stuff, right? And somebody just wrote at the bottom, what happened to love Trump's hate? Oof. When I read that, I was like, oh. Now, see, I'm more like the rip his head off kind of guy. But when I read that, I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute there. Because the guy's never slept with a kid. So I was like, well, wait a minute there. That That is kind of true. Love is supposed to Trump hate there. But we'll get into that a little later in the program. But the video online for you, WRQK.com. Right, uh, it's online right now. All right. So, uh, dude, you're pretty big into the whole politic thing, Phantom. Yeah. Have you ever been to a presidential inauguration? No, no, no. Okay, well, let's pack the car because we're going. All right. All right. Seriously, we should go. It's, uh, it's on the 20th there. And uh, I, I think this is going to be a big inauguration. I think it's going to be I, I, maybe not as big as like when Obama w- was there because that was like a moment in time. But it may be it may be on par, maybe on par with that. And uh, I think it's going to be a spectacle. And uh, there are there's a group of people out there who are making sure this is going to be a spectacle. And what's happening now on inauguration day? The DC Cannabis Coalition. 
says they're going to hand out thousands of joints on Inauguration Day for free. Now, that's to urge federal legalization of marijuana. Now, before I read you any more of this, before I get into any more of this, I'm just going to say right now, I think passing out thousands of joints is ill-advised. As far as I know, the places where marijuana is legal to be purchased and used and and, and to have and all that is that you still have to be 18 to to do that is, is my understanding. I could be wrong, but that's my understanding of it right now. And if you're just passing out joints on the street, who's doing the ID checking? Who's doing all that? And so that's going to be a problem. But they're going to start handing out joints at 8 a.m. Fantone on the 20th of January on the west side of DuPont Circle. If you've ever been to uh, Washington, D.C., you know that, that, that area there. That, that whole place can be a mess. Uh, now, recreational marijuana is legal right there. But then they're, they're going to walk to the National Mall where their actual protest will begin. Now, the message is that it's time to legalize cannabis on a federal level. Now, that was, a, that was a quote from Adam Eidinger, who is the founder of the DCMJ, a group of D.C. residents who introduced and helped get Initiative 71 passed in the district. My guess is, yeah, Initiative 71 made it legal to, to possess two ounces or less of marijuana to grow it and to give it away, but it's not legal to sell it. Now, I've talked about marijuana laws a couple of times over the, like this week and previous weeks and you know, a bunch of time, right? And I always say this, for those people who don't use marijuana, two ounces of marijuana is a lot. That's a, that's more weed than the, your, your average pot smoker will buy at a time. Average pot smoker. Yeah, yeah, more than you'd buy at a time. Uh, I would say for the average pot smoker, if you're smoking on a semi-regular basis, I'm not saying like you're burning blunts all day, but I mean, that's uh, two ounces probably... To half a year. I mean, you probably go through two ounces. Wow, it's more, that's pretty good. It's more than a month, right? I mean, it's more than two months. You're not smoking. If you're, I'm just saying, like an occasional smoker. Oh yeah, not yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like I said, you're not burning blunts every day. You're not just like chiefing out on your on your on your I, couch. I, mean, I heard you say that. I was like, dude, how do you? I make that last six months. I, I, I think heavy smokers probably smoke an ounce plus a, a, a month. Yeah, that's probably smokers. about right. So, light smokers probably okay. I would say two ounces would last half a year. Yeah, I was trying to sneak myself into the light oh, end yeah, of it. Oh yeah, that's me, light end of it. I'm good. <laughs> I'm bad. Yeah. But no. Now he is worried that all this progress will be lost with the incoming administration with President, you know, uh, you know, uh, elect Donald Trump, who mm-hmm. has been kind of negative on the weed thing. And so they're looking to get out there and do this whole thing. He says, uh, we're looking at a guy who as recently as April said that they are going to enforce federal law on marijuana all over the country. He said marijuana is dangerous, Eidinger said, of Donald Trump. Uh, He says, we don't want any money exchanged whatsoever. This is really a gift for people who come to Washington, D.C., he said. There's going to be 4,200 joints passed out. Exactly, because the the stoners can never get past their tie-dye in 420. And I always say this. That's why you got to get it. You got to get this issue out of the hands of people who are passionate about it. What you need is you got to find somebody who's intelligent, who doesn't oppose it, who can be the adult who handles this. Because the weed smoke 420, bro, tie dye, Birkenstocks, man, Kurt knew. That's the problem with weed heads, dude. Is that the wrong people are always at the front of this. We need more Bill Mars and less tie dyed idiots. 420, man. 
Yeah, so dumb. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, whether you were giving out four thousand on the dot or you were giving out four thousand two hundred, I don't know if that's gonna. I, I take your point there, but I don't know. Uh, no, I'm that. nick. I know I'm nitpicking. I know I am. Much like when we had the guy from. Uh, Responsible Ohio, and they had that weed like mascot. And I told the guy on the interview that day, I was like, "What are you doing?" I think that's considerably dumber. That's, yeah, that's I would agree. To children. I would agree. Um, you know, obviously, I, first of all, the fact that you can recreationally or medically smoke weed in 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 Washington D.C., the nation's capital, and you can't do it everywhere else—nuts, asinine, dude. Welcome that's to America. Ridiculous. Just, just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I don't know if this is really going to make a difference when it comes to the to the rising tide of marijuana legalization. I don't think so. But because that tide's rising anyway, I don't know if this does anything. It's already, I feel like, past the point of the momentum has already reached the point of like you're not stopping this. If you think that if you think that Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions are going to be able to take that money away from Colorado, take that money away from Oregon, take that money away from Alaska, you're crazy. You're crazy. I think what you got to look at now is I think once upon a time it would have been totally possible. But look at what happened, and we're not going to get into this because it's just too it's just too much info. But look at what happened with the ethics committee the other day. They were going to gut that whole thing. America freaked out, and guess what? Now they're not going to do it. And so I think if you come in and you try to do this, the whole thing with marijuana, again, America's going to freak out and say no, and then next thing you know, we're going to get what we want. Which, by the way, Ohio voters, I'm still pissed off at you. Not about Donald Trump. I don't care about that. I've moved on with my life. But I'm still pissed off at you about the fact that there's not legal marijuana in Ohio right now. Still still disappointed. You know what? That's what it is. I'm like your dad, dude. I'm not even mad at you. I'm just disappointed. Oh, in it's you. worse. Yeah. It's worse. Just yell. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather be yelled at. Yeah. You yelled oligopoly. You yelled only ten people are getting rich. And now look at us. Washington, DC, they're handing joints out. Colorado, they're handing money out. Ohio, we got nothing. I'm going to remind you, only 10 people get rich off of the food you eat. Only 10 people get rich off of the beer you drink. Only 10 people get rich off of the cable you watch. Only 10 people get rich off of the movies you go to. There's only That's 10 how, rich people. Dude, welcome to America. <laughs> Every business has got the 20 dudes inside of it that are really making it work, and then the rest of us are just the peasants waiting for the, for the, you know, the scraps to fall off the table. Welcome to America. That's the way it's always been. That's the way it will always be. Because what do I always say? Decisions are made by those who show up. Going on Facebook and bitching out loud isn't showing up. That's not the same thing. Decisions are made by those who show up. The next trend in men's fashion has me so happy that I'm over the hill and I don't have to be cool anymore. We'll get you filled in next. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You're about an hour away from getting hooked up with WWE tickets. That's January 22nd. Out at the Civic Center. Get you hooked up around 8.30 this morning. Also at 8.30. A really good reason to leave your phone at home the next time you go out for a night out. Turns out cell phones are ruining stuff. We'll get into that around 8.30 as well. When I was growing up, my brother and I are seven years apart. And so he just, you know, obviously he got older and, you know, uh, before I did, obviously that's how math works and all that. And I bring this up because there was a time where he was starting to get older and didn't care about 
shoes and jeans and fashion and jackets the way I still did being, you know, a little younger still in high school and that whole thing. And I remember him saying to me, there will come a time where you don't care about this stuff, where you just don't care. Now, you're not going to want to look like a bum, but you won't care as much about making sure you have the coolest new pair of shoes or the coolest clothing you can. You'll just get to a point in your life where you're not trying to compete on that level and you just don't care. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of fashion is based on being young. It's based on being single. It's based on trying to attract mates. And once you get to a certain point, it's like, I don't, I don't care. It's, it's the only real high school version of keeping up with the Joneses. Like, that's how you do that, right? right? And right. it's kind of like practice for that later in life. Right. And probably a little bit of once you get out of a certain age bracket, you probably don't have as much expendable income. And it's like, right. dude, I'm not wasting I'm not, my money on this right. because I have to pay for my real life. In high school, I would spend 200 bucks on a pair of Jordans all day. Now, I don't think I would do that. Because it's like, dude, for shoes? Like, and I, and I, we say this all the time about food and clothing and all kinds of stuff. When I watch parents do it, I have no idea how you guys are doing that. You God guys, bless you. Honestly, dude, parents to me are like magicians. You're, <laughs> no, dude, I can barely feed and clothe myself. I don't know how you're doing that with three kids. I don't know how you're doing it. It's a, like, you guys are magicians. But there's a new fashion. They're going to call this the new thing in 2017. I don't, we'll, we'll have to wait and see if it actually comes off the runway and we see it in like day to day life. Okay. This is uh, just on the runway now. But they say this is going to be the next big thing in men's fashion. And again, I'm just happy I'm old and don't have to keep up because I don't want to do this. Okay. And you might remember in the 90s. And that's when I was in high school. Okay? I got out in 94. And uh, so, like, the 90s is like, you know, that's my era there. And you might remember that in the 90s, women, girls, women, were big into the chokers around their neck, like the leather chokers. And then sometimes they were, you know, they, they'd be like metallic and they have the stuff. But there was always like this thing around their neck, like a choker, like a dog collar. 2017, apparently men are going to wear chokers the way women did in the 90s. Oh, those have made a bounce back recently in women's fashion. I would say over the last year or two. Oh, I haven't noticed. Yeah, over the last year or two, those have be kind of are those have kind of become a thing again. Um, I don't know why we would decide. Like, you know what? Well, number one, I don't know why we would decide to go back to that. But uh, why would we decide? Like, you know what, dude? We gotta we gotta put this on guys now. I, I don't I don't get it. Now I'm looking at a photo again of a runway like model session of this. And again, you see fashion trends 2017, even of women, and then I never see women wearing any of that right, stuff. So this right, might this right. may never you know enter into daily life. But I'm looking at the, a picture of this kid walking down this runway, and he's of course has like purple pants on, black shoes, a yellow shirt with a cat whose head is on fire, and then a choker. Because welcome to hipsters. Well, but uh, right, but that's that's fashion. There's you know with those with the models and with stuff like that, you never see somebody Nobody's walking dressing down like that. You right. never see somebody walking down Tusk looking like that. Like I, now, this is going to play poorly on the radio because only Phantom's going to be able Pictures. to see it. But look at that picture. Dude, would you wear that? No, of course. I mean, not. that looks like something a queen in like uh, and like I don't know the desert would wear. In Victorian times or something like that. I, I I'm not an accessories guy from the get go. I just don't. No watch. No, I don't. I don't do watches really. I've never worn jewelry. I've never been like big into that. Even I'm not a huge hat guy. Like I'm not. I mean, sometimes I'll wear hats, but I'm just not like I'm not no, a big accessory guy. I normally only see you wear a hat. Like cold weather, you'll wear like a, like a skull cap hat. Right, you know, those here. but that's not because you want to wear a hat. That's because you just don't want your ears to be cold. And baseball or baseball hats, and like I'll usually wear those according to the season. I'll wear a Cavs hat when it's like, dude, I really want, I really want to pump up the Cavs. I'm, I'm excited for this game tonight. Or when the Indians, you know, it's like, dude, they're so much fun to watch. I got, I got right. on a tribe hat. But as a whole, I'm not an accessories guy, so a choker is is, is not is not in my future. I uh, I have. 
I have a hat obsession. Like, I wear a lot of hats. I, I Normally, you can find me in my Titleist baseball hat. I wear that one a lot, or my tailor-made hat. Um, I'm a big snow cap wear in the, you know, in the winter. I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of those. But I just, this whole, and again, this is, this is probably the wrong decade to say this, but guys, why are you trying to dress like broads? Well, your favorite, like, your favorite bands were doing that, right? But that's again, that's performance based, and I can live with that. Like uh, I can, but model. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like model. Well, model yeah, but I'm saying face. fine model. But if I see you walking around like this, dude, if I see a man in a choker, I'm sorry. Like I know some of these guys were wearing it when Manson was big, and you were just trying to piss off your parents, and so you had purple hair and chokers around your neck, and you know Satanist t-shirts and stuff. I get it, but Th- that's almost different though. When you're going for like an alternative style, when you're going for like, hey, I'm into this different scene. From you and I'm trying to not be normal. I almost get an okay with that, but you're right. If you're just wearing like normal clothes, you're just walking down the street like an average with a choker. With a choker, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. It's like, where's your master at? Like, why is the chain off of it? Why isn't somebody joking you? Uh, I, I think much like music, I think fashion, you know, is obviously going to work in cycles. And, you know, it, it, we talk about it all the time. Pop music sounds so late 80s, early 90s yeah, now. It's yeah, not surprising. Yeah. It's not surprising to see, you know, fashion trends come back from that era. I wonder what else is like, all right, we're going to get those leather African pennants back. Like, what else are we going to get back from, like, 1994? Uh, dude, wait. I wait for it because I could see skin. Kids making a comeback because Americans are fat and lazy and we're already wearing sweatpants to Walmart anyway. So I could see skids making a comeback. I could see that. Dude, Z Cavaricis. I could totally (laughs) see that coming back with the butterfly wrap across your penis. Remember those? Remember it's like, hey, let's make it harder for chicks to get in here after prom. Let's make it tougher. Yeah, but millennials, it's the kids nowadays. They're the worst. Well. They are. They're the ones that are being stupid now. I was stupid then. (laughs) Sorry, you weren't alive to make fun of me for what I was doing. All right, we'll be right back with more Say Ray Show. Hang on. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. If you haven't heard about this yet, there's an upcoming documentary about the rivalry between McKinley and Maslin. It's called Timeless Rivals. And uh, they're looking for the public's help putting this together. Uh, they have a release date expectation of around October of next year, or of uh, this year, sorry. Yeah, October of this year. And you can get a little uh, behind-the-scenes look at it right now at WRQK.com. And again, we're going to try to track down the filmmakers and get them on the air, uh, get talking about that. Obviously, as the um, the rivalry continues to grow and continues to evolve, uh, documenting and kind of preserving the history of it is really important. I think people lose perspective of how important this rivalry is, especially in a historical sense, and how much uh, Tigers v. Bulldogs, you know, McKinley vs. Maslin, how much that really shaped the way that football is today. We all just take it as this, you know, billion-dollar industry, and, 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 and the fact that it kind of was birthed well, I mean, the, kind of was birth in Stark County. It's, when, it's awesome. When you think about the players and the coaches that have both made oh. it to the NFL level from that whole thing, has been amazing. It's been amazing. So I'm actually looking forward to that. Uh, but you can get a behind-the-scenes look at it right now, WRQK.com. If you're just getting up, getting ready for work, it's bitter cold out there. It's like 19 degrees, so be prepared for that. It's cold today. It's that wind chill. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. That wind gets blowing. According to my iPhone, I would give you the actual weather, but that's part of the program that I can't get with my computers that don't work. So according to my iPhone's weather thing, it's about 19 degrees right now. It's going to start snowing around noon, they say. Burgucci. Yeah, it's pretty cold out there. Pretty cold out there. So, bargain shopping is... 
part of what we do, right? Everybody's trying to save money, and mm-hmm. you know, you want to do that, and I get it, right? Mm-hmm. And I, and we were just talking, you know, previously about, you know, I don't understand how sometimes when I see parents in stores with like three, four kids, I don't know how you're doing that. You're a magician to me, and honestly, you deserve a pat on the back because I have no idea how you're doing it. Or you deserve a terrible credit score, which is probably what you have. Yeah, but I have that too, I'm and don't have four, <laughs> don't have four kids. I'm going to assume a lot of debt. So, I understand saving money is part of the program, there, right? But I have a story here. Out of Ohio. Now, this is from the New York Daily News uh, dot com, but okay. th- they say this is an Ohio story. Now, it doesn't give me the city in Ohio, though. Just as an Ohio story here, okay? But this is all about why maybe you should take a few more dollars out of your pocket and wander over to Target versus Walmart. Now, I don't have a problem with Walmart. All right, I just I'm gonna make that disclaimer. They're a big advertiser of the radio station. I don't have a problem with them. I shop there all the time. Okay, but a West Virginia man has been arrested. For stalking women at an Ohio Walmart. And again, it doesn't give me the city here. But Timothy Blake is 26 years old and was charged on the 30th of December with menacing by stalking in a Walmart. Now, Ohio cops said they received a report back on November, uh, back in November from a woman who said a creepy man was following her around Walmart. The woman told police she felt something wet on her lower back. Uh-oh. Rushed to the bathroom to clean up the sticky substance. Uh-oh. When she came out of the restroom, Timothy Blake was standing there waiting for her, staring at her. Oof. Weird. So, cops end up getting more reports from another woman on December the 28th, so about a week later. And cops tracked him down, of course, via surveillance footage, because, duh, you're on camera the moment you step out of your car in any major shopping store in America today. And they show the video shows him getting in his truck and fleeing both scenes right after it had happened or whatever. Now, they take him into custody, and they start giving, you know reading him the riot act about what he had done. And he says, yeah, I threw egg yolks at the women. Now, that is strange. I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, but I don't buy that. Well, no, you shouldn't, because that's not what he did. He had syringes filled with semen (laughs) and was squirting it at women. Now, once they had him in custody and they start going at him a little harder and harder, he then admits that he what he would do is he would pull into the Walmart parking lot. Now, normally, that's where I start saying prayers. Yeah. <laughs> but the guy pulls into the Walmart parking lot and then masturbates in the car and fills the syringes with semen and then walks around the store squirting it at women. Now, the defendant says, Timothy Blake says, it was his way. And this will give you an, this will give you an inside look at how convoluted people's brains can be. He says this was his way of having sex with these women. That's not having sex with no, those women. No, not even close, really. That's not having sex with that. That's not, that's not doing that. It's pretty far off. You're, impo- you're skipping a very important step. Yes, in an ideal world, there is semen uh, being, being, <laughs> being, you know, uh, put in, in, in certain situations or orifices and, and, and things like that. But you're missing a big, big part of sex there, dude. A big part.
Yeah, it's the penetration part. Yeah. That's the good part. It's the sex. That's the part you want. And, I, you know, every once in a while we'll, we'll come across a story, something like similar like this, and I always say this, and, 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 and I feel like i got to say it all the time. Ladies, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Yeah. You guys just have to deal with things that a man will never have to deal with. I, well, I guess I guess it's possible a dude could spray me with semen yeah. via syringe, but I bet I'd have to pay him to do it. And I, so, But, like, you guys have to deal with this kind of stuff. Sometimes I forget just how creepy dudes can be and i'm not making excuses for anybody okay i I just 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 let me get out there out front and say that okay good Good. but no i'm not making excuses for this i'm not at all okay but fantone and i both know some of the same people all right and even not some of the same people this you know this to be true i i would bet that certain men not all but certain men the further they get away from sex the creepier they get about trying to get more sex Yes, I don't even know if that's. A, I think that's probably a fact across the board. Is it? I'm, I'm you sure think? there's an exception to the rule out there, but I don't know that person. And I, yeah, dude, the further away you get from sex, the creepier you get. The more desperate you get, the more desperation's really the. That's a great point. You will, you will lie to yourself. You will, you will do things that you normally wouldn't do. You, you know, if you were getting laid on a regular basis, and right? Just in the name of your penis. Now, like the basic form of that is you sleep with a woman who's normally below your standard line, right? Everybody does that. Been in a little bit of a slump. Give me a buster. We'll be good. We'll turn it around. Next thing you know, putting up big numbers on the road. You know, that's maybe that's that's you know you broke up with your girlfriend two weeks ago, two months. Just give ago. me somebody just, else. Just, just right. I gotta wash her out of this. Just give just give me somebody else. But once you get up over that hundred days, you probably go to a next level of right. like, all right, I'm creepy and I'm just desperate to get laid. And dude, I bet you it's like, you know every three months it's probably you take a step up that ladder. I just again I try not to judge. Okay, because like I said, yeah, I think it was just yesterday in the program. I try not to be the moral authority because I have no idea what you guys are doing in your bedrooms, right? I have no idea. And so I don't want to judge you, and I don't want you to hate me because I think what you do with your sex is weird. And, and but really, if you who was, cares? Like, right, you know? Yeah, I don't care. But if you, like, you want to fill up syringes with semen and do this to your wife at home in the bedroom, I don't care what you guys do. Put it on your birthday cake for all I care. Just don't invite me over for right. it. But, like, this is attacking somebody. This is sexual assault now at this point, and it's not okay. Of course. And it's just, I don't understand. I always, I, I, I wish, like, I want this guy in the studio. Like, I want to spend an hour. I don't. I do. Like, I want him on the other side of the board <laughs> for me. I want to talk to him. Like, dude, tell me, like, what? how does this happen? Because I read this, and I struggle to find... Because I guess I'm just more together, but I struggle to find where the sexual satisfaction of this, outside of the masturbating, I get that would be satisfying, but where does the satisfaction of this come? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a sex thing all the time. Or don't get me wrong. Obviously, there's sexual gratification. I mean, he said this it. was his way of having sex. But I, I, I think that this is probably you know comparable to rape in that sense of it's, power. It's yeah, it's not necessarily. I'm imposing my will on you. It's not necessarily. I find you so attractive, or I think you're so. You know, it it, it is. It's a power thing. It's a it's a taboo thing. I'm sure. I, I am a little surprised though, in the sense of, uh, I think most of the times. Orgasm is the punctuation on the sentence. So you're 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 getting all hot and bothered about whatever weird sex thing you're into, whatever, you know. You ejaculate, now you're done. Right. And and but this guy ejaculated and yeah, then dude, you're supposed to sleep. And then <laughs> right. roll over, go to bed in the truck. And then he decided to like go perpetrate, you know, a sex crime. So like that's a little bit like Here's the other thing. 
If you're going to prepare it, if you're going to, if it's going to be two staged, why aren't the syringes filled at home before you get to the parking lot? Yeah, maybe it's the maybe it's the sitting in the Walmart parking lot that really gets them revved maybe up. Maybe I'll Randy. get caught doing it here in the parking lot. That's part. Of, I mean, dude, a lot of people like to have sex in public because of the because of the thought of being caught. Now, when they talk about syringes, at first I was like, well, it's like a needle, like a. Or is it like one of those like you know how they do like shots at the bar like they'll do like syringes oh, like that you know it might I don't have a they don't get into that in the article I don't have a photo of it but I bet it's more like the Jello shot syringe yeah I would I would assume so too the only thing I would say because and the only reason I assume that is if it was a needle I would assume you would go over the bridge of actually puncturing people I would think you would take that needle you would well with them. a needle not enough of it's going to come out I wouldn't think right away even a hard squeeze you could do it, it with with a needle, with like a—I don't know, dude. It's pretty thick, right? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know how many he filled. Right, I, I don't know, know how many the, he filled. I don't know by how the many, third or fourth one. It's gonna look like water. I don't know how many times he cranked before he got there. So I'm gonna assume this guy is a habitual cranker. So <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, so like, I, I, I wouldn't assume he would wait until the first one of the day to to, to take it to Walmart. Um, I, I, that's I guess a silver lining to me is at least these people weren't being like stabbed and then. I, I don't mean to make this any like more somber than it was, and I wasn't even planning on going here before we, we started talking about this, but okay. it just this is the thought that popped in the top of my head, and I want to get it out. Okay, Some of you may know my history. Some of you may not. I was abused as a child by a neighbor, and this stuff kind of is cyclical. Like It kind of goes, and the one thing that I am so happy about is that I made. Now I have problems in relationships. I have problems with commitment. I have problems with trusting another person. So it's not like I came out unscathed, but I don't have this. I don't do this. I'm not creepy. I'm not a rapist. I'm not going to hurt children. Like I'm so thankful every day that I was that my well a that my parents got me in therapy as soon as like they realized what had happened. They were like, no, dude, like you're going to get this figured out right now. There was a stigma when I was in therapy. It was like, you were a crazy person and you had to be in a straitjacket back then. And my parents were like, we don't care what people think. You're going because it's your mental well-being and we want you to be a healthy person. And so, like, I, of course, I wasn't able to process that at, like, 12, but like that's yeah. kind of the way it happened. So what healthy sounds like, by the way. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Well, I got as far as I could. Right. But to be honest with you, man, like, I sometimes I do, I sit there and think, man, I got really lucky because I know there are people who went through things that I went through who their lives are severely damaged and mine is damaged but not on that kind of level and i'm i'm very happy to have made it out of all that all right you know what that's far enough there it is that's far enough we have to go shop at target (laughs) (laughs) syringe free target we do have to go back now i we have to go into the rear view mirror a little bit okay now ohio state got blown out by clemson and it's i think it's like the first time urban meyer's ever really been like blown out of something uh, I may be a, a little off base on that, but I'm pretty sure it is. But we're going to go in the rear view mirror because something happened in the Ohio State Clemson game that was strange that I didn't actually see or hear of really until the other day. And now Clemson's out talking about it. It's really strange. We're going to get into that next on the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. And Rock 106.9, is when you're getting those WWE tickets. They come back to town on the 22nd. They'll be at the Civic Center. So will you. We'll get you hooked up around 830. Stansbury, they don't just come back to town. Oh, no. WWE doesn't just come back to town. All right. Let me hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Go ahead. I'm just going to turn my headphones down. The road to WrestleMania comes through Canton, Ohio. It's going to be awesome, too. It's going to be better than that, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> January 22nd at the Civic Center. <laughs> oh, God. Sometimes this job's a lot of fun, dude. Sometimes it's not. I keep forgetting today's Thursday yeah. because we weren't here on on, on Monday. Yeah. So like to me, it feels like a Wednesday. And like Phantom keeps saying, "It's like, dude, tomorrow's Friday." I was like, "Oh my god, that's right." 
Clint Parker on the way, homie. Oh. Clint Parker on the way. Is there anything sweeter than the sounds of the Friday audio reel? Oh. I like the second time we played at 945 better than it's it. The <laughs> I like that one better. Clint Parker. So we're going to go back here a little ways to uh, the Ohio State Clemson game, okay? Okay. And we didn't really get into this over the last few days and uh, just had a lot of stuff on the dock and didn't have time to get uh, into it. Often when you come back from a big break like we took, mm-hmm. things that were Too much huge stuff news stories, right. yeah, they kind of get brushed under the uh, you know the carpet. But more and more stuff's coming out about this now. And uh, uh, you know if you watched the game or if you read the newspaper, Ohio State got blown out. And it just didn't look good. They didn't show up to play. I mean, they looked bad. They did. Uh, dude, I, you know, I, I am an Ohio State hater. There's no question about that. Um, uh, but I can make room for when they're good and I can right. know when I see a good football team. Mm-hmm. They didn't look Dude, good. Dude, they got trounced. And I said leading up to the playoff, the college you know, football playoff, I said, look, they're a year away. They're a little young, and they're probably a year, if not two, away from really being as good as they can be. And you know, I said this yesterday. I'm going to say it again. They put 11 people in the draft, five in the first round. You do that out of any other college football program, and they are obsolete for a decade. A decade. That didn't happen in Ohio State because we are the Ohio State University, and that's just the way it goes. Or did the Big Ten get a lot of credit this year that they might not have deserved? Oh, no. Dude, the Big Ten's the best conference in it college football. Squash. It doesn't matter. Those are bowl games, dude. It, it, dude, you can play bad, but look at but look at the conferences. Okay, Let, let's say, let's take Ohio. Let's take the Big Ten. Okay, two of the three best coaches in college football, Big Ten. Two of the best football teams in college football, Big Ten. Penn State's on the mend, getting better. The, dude, Penn State's gonna have a chance at a college, dude at a national championship next year. I don't think you can say you lost all bowl games and say that doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's not that it doesn't matter. I will get. It's a black eye, but it's still the best conference in college football right now, for sure. The SEC is honestly outside of Alabama. Who? Who? The answer is nobody. Pac-12. Who? Oregon. Terrible. USC's on the rise. They're going to be tough next year for sure. So there's one. I'll give you one. Washington exposed. Exposed. Utah this year exposed. How was Washington exposed if Ohio, if Ohio State wasn't ah, exposed? Dude, it's, it's one of those things. Ohio State did get exposed as being young. I said that. I brought brought that into the beginning of the conversation. For two weeks I've been saying that. They were too young for it. Washington wasn't ready. They weren't ready. Are they going to be better next year and the year after? Yes. They weren't ready this year. Okay? But the Big Ten is the best. It's widely considered right now by sports professionals as the best conference in college football. So that, that's not my opinion. It's the opinion of smart people who get paid to talk about sports on a regular basis. So what everybody's saying is that the Big Ten's the best. And again, two of the three best coaches in college football, and Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh, both in the Big Ten. So, I mean, college football, 75% coaching. We have two of the best, two of the three best coaches. I'll go with the Big Ten. But something happened in this Clemson. Ohio State game that I didn't see the night of the game. I didn't see this until like the video got highlighted and it was passed around on Vine. But apparently, a defensive tackle, Christian Wilkins, while Curtis Samuel was on the ground after a play, he was like face down. Christian Wilkins stuck his hand in between Samuel's legs. And like poked him, like in the butt. Now it looked at like the first time I saw it, it looked at like almost like a ball grab. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. But I mean, you see, he's like holding the back of his thigh. Then he reaches in and like sticks his hand and sticks his finger like in the anus region. At the very least, it's a groping. Whether whether he was touching butt or balls or what he was touching down there, dude, that was a grope. 
Well, you know, just grab people by their privates. You guys were right. Oh, my uh, God. You guys were right. Oh, my God. This uh, thing with Trump is just taking the nation over. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. That is locker room talk. You're right. This, oh, well, they get into that. They get into that. Grab them by the... So, Clemson linebacker Ben Bolwer doesn't understand why what his teammate did is that big of a deal. He's like, I don't get it. Come on. So, I have his quote here. Come okay. He was asked by Tiger Illustrated, which I'm guessing is like some kind of Clemson paper. Right. All right. right. He said people. He said people are trying to say that this was sexual assault. People that say that have either never played football, have never been in a locker room. I know there's going to be that one person. Well, I played football and I never did that. He says the his answer to that is you either sucked at football, you had no friends in the locker room, or you were the person that went into the bathroom stall to go change because you were scared to shower with the team. Okay, all right. <laughs> Bowyer also right. says that people that are freaking out about Wilkins' actions are trying to divert the fact that we beat Ohio State by 31 points or that we beat South Carolina by 49 points. And South Carolina obviously being Clemson's biggest rival. There you go. That, again, that kind of tells you about the other college football conferences, doesn't it? Who's Ohio State's biggest rival? Oh, that's right, Michigan. Damn good team. Wilkins, for his part, called what he, what he did a silly moment. Wilkins did not, uh, what he did was not out of the ordinary for Clemson. It was just uh, clearly visible to a large audience finally watching them at home, he said. Bullware will concede that Wilkins went too far, about four fingers deep. Jeez. He said the rest of the team has been uh, making fun of the sophomore defensive tackle because of how much it's been blowing up. Nobody has done it as aggressive as Christian did, Bullware said, but we try to be a little bit more discreet when we do it. He definitely grabbed a handful there. So then they talked to Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney about it. And his answer was, ah, dude, my linebacker's being goofy. He's being goofy. Okay. I'll tell you what. Let's change it. You want to change it? Let's change it, America. Linebacker goes to a party after beating Ohio State by 31 points. Frat girl passed out face down. Reaches up her skirt and grabs a little. Is he being goofy, Dabo Sweeney? Is he? I don't think so. President sees the chick he thinks is really hot, goes and grabs it. Ah, dude, I wasn't. I didn't defend that. I didn't defend that. Now, Curtis Samuel, the Ohio State, the Buckeye, says, if I would have felt that, I would have gotten ejected by what I did after it. And I, I, I hard to argue, right? And so basically what Clemson is saying is that this stuff happens. And I've never, I haven't played organized football since I was a young, young boy. Okay? And I've never been in the military or those stuff. But it seems like, dude, when you get a bunch of guys together all the time, that weird homoerotic stuff does kind of come out of that. Right? It just seems strange. I don't know about it because I'm not a locker room kind of guy. That's not, not my thing. But And I guess really what you're getting into there is you're using homosexuality as uh, belittling your opponent. You know what I mean? You're using you're using those things as a way to I'm more manly than you. I I establish my dominance on you. I'm going to make you, you know, do whatever. It just I'm seems, putting the broom in your butt. It seems weird that these football guys are always like doing something gay to somebody else and then calling them gay when it happens to them. Like I don't get it. What is happening? Now, I'm not going to make that big of a deal out of this. I don't know if I'm going to call it... Se- well, it is, I mean, it kind of is sexual assault. Right? I don't know how it's not. I don't know how it's not. You're, I, you're using sex to, to intimidate somebody. Now, I think... Now, here's the other problem I have with it. Is that Samuel didn't even know he did it. So, was it to do something to him? Or was it to do something for you? Um, right? 
I mean, think about it, dude. If you're down on the ground, you got four guys on top of you. There's a pile on you. Are you necessarily going to feel being no. gooched? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't no. know if you are or not. No. I so mean, I think it's more about something for him than it is about being dominant to your opponent. Um, but all these dudes are doing it, so I don't think it's an individual like, hey, okay. I'm getting an erection right. off Fair this. Point. I mean, Fair it, argument. This guy's saying we're all doing it. They say they've done this all year. And I, I don't know. It's strange. I don't know how that's not classified as, dude, you're sexually assaulting somebody. You're grabbing somebody in, in, in a sexual fashion Here's to the intimidate thing. them. He wasn't even part of the guy that was tackling the player. Two other guys tackle the player. He walks up to do it. I don't know what the I don't know what the definition of sexual assault totally is. I I don't know if this is it or if this isn't it. It looks like it to me. But what I will tell Clemson, what I will tell every other college football player in the country is, welcome to 2017. Welcome to iPhones. Welcome to Twitter. Welcome to Vine, bro. You can't do this stuff anymore. Everything you do is going to be hyper examined by people who want to judge you. Now, you should be judged for this, but you got to know that going into games now, bro. Like, you can't do this kind of stuff now. This stuff is going to be B-roll on ESPN for a decade. And, like, yes, you're right. It's 2017. Everyone's got an iPhone. We can all pull our pull it out of our pockets and start filming you. But, dude, this was on the field where not only is there iPhones, there's 8 billion cameras on you. Right. The, <laughs> but the difference there is... It's in, and I don't know who carried, I can't remember who carried this game, whether it was CBS or, you know, oh, ESPN had all the bowl games. I think ESPN has a vested interest not to show you that if it's happening, not to hyper-examine it, where Twitter has all, all, everything is like, oh yeah, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, because it's all about retweets, where ESPN's about showing you the game. I'm not, I don't know, like I didn't watch the whole game, so I have no idea like if this made it on screen or not, or if this was pulled from the audience. And pass around. But with Vine and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all this stuff now, and you players should know this. You're always shirt off with your chains and taking pictures and being, you know what I mean? You're always, you know this. You're not going to get away with this kind of stuff anymore. It's not going to happen. I don't know if you saw it this morning. Uh, JT Barrett announced he will be coming back for his yeah, senior I did see year. That. What's your opinion? My opinion is JT Barrett's coming back because he knows he's not going to be drafted in the NFL. Well, but I mean, not after. I mean, he's not going to go high after that bowl game. Something to be said about you know, you know that this is your opportunity for right. greatness. And like, I don't know. I've seen plenty of people, and like I said, I'm an Ohio State hater through and through, despise the team. Um, but seeing people lose their minds and talk about how terrible he is, and oh my god, dude, f that guy. We don't want him back, or disappointment, or anger, or whatever it is. It's a game. Well, not only is it a game, and it was one game, but the dude took you to a national championship, right. like a series. The dude took you to the playoffs. Like it goes back to With that. a bunch of freshmen. It goes back to and that sophomores, and it's all sports fans. But I think Ohio State fans in particular—they're so spoiled. You feel like you're entitled to a and championship every year. You're not. This Ohio State, dude. Ohio State fans. Let me just tell you this, okay? You are what is widely considered to be a traditional power in college football. Now, the good news about that is those never change. USC, Texas, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama have always been the traditional powers. You can make an argument, LSU, I won't. But those are the traditional powers. We are a traditional power in college football. Even when we're not good, we're widely considered to be, well, it's Ohio State. It's a down year. Most college football programs are irrelevant. They don't matter at all. You put Ohio State on TV and people in Alaska watch because it's the Ohio State University. You got it. Like, you go to the college football playoff and that's not enough. This is like when 
this is like the same thing when the Cavs won the championship and then the Indians won the World Series and then everybody was back to like Cleveland sucks again. No, you still suck. That's what it is. The area doesn't suck. The teams don't suck. It's you that always sucked. 11 players in the draft, five in the first round. Alabama would lose six games next year if that happened. But we got Urban Meyer in Ohio State. And guess what? We had a team of nobodies and got pretty damn close. And somewhere along the line, and I, I know I always blame the internet, so I'm not going to this time. Somewhere along the line, we lost the appreciation of sports being played at a high level, and we turned it into you either win a championship or you're an effing bum. And I don't like it. I don't like it. Ohio State had a bad performance. That's still a hell of a program, and most teams in the country are going to piss their pants when we roll into town to play. If that's not good enough for you, then your happiness is set by expectation. My expectation was not necessarily Ohio State wins a national championship this year. My expectation was that they be competitive. And guess what? Because of Urban Meyer. Now, if we didn't have Urban Meyer, this team would have been throttled all year long. Throttled. They just aren't ready. But you made it all the way to the college football playoff, you spoiled baby. What are you crying about? Half of you can't spell university pissed about college football. It's hilarious to me. We'll get you hooked up with those WWE tickets. We'll do it next. Hang on. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Up there, uh, you can check out this video of this upcoming documentary about McKinley versus Massel in there. Timeless Rivals is what it's called. They're looking for some community help putting this film together. Get a little behind-the-scenes look. See how you can help out at WRQK.com. That's going to be awesome. That rivalry deserves a documentary. They make documentaries about everything these days. That totally deserves it. That's going to be cool to see. Info up at WRQK.com. You should know by now that I have been banking with CSE, Federal Credit Union, for about three years. If you're uh, struggling with your financial institution, I urge you to check out a full-on 100% local financial institution, CSE Federal Credit Union. I've been with them three years. They're super convenient, four easy locations. If you need a new debit card, they do it on site. You don't have to wait for it to be mailed to you. They have coin counting machines in all of their uh, all of their uh, locations there. Just 5% if you're a non-member. Members, you're paying nothing to use it. I use it all the time. Things awesome. If you're looking for a loan, home or auto, check out CSEFCU.com. I know people got hosed in this bank acquisition, or you know, acquisition that just our accusation well, that, first or, that just in happened in Huntington, and who, where, where am I going, and and first friends and family, and what the hell am I now? So, dude, CSE local yeah. taking care of things. It's nice. I love being with them. I really do. We have those WWE tickets. You'll have them in just yeah. a few minutes. That's uh, January twenty second at the Civic Center. So it might be time to start leaving cell phones at home when we go to do event type type things. Okay? Okay. Now, I understand the desire to capture that moment. I get it. Now, I go to a thousand concerts. All right? I, I work at a concert venue. So, I, I honestly, I'm, I, do, I see about three or four concerts a month. And, uh, you know, through this job, I've obviously right. been able to, you know, access a lot of shows and the like. Right. What I can tell you is now I'm an iPhone person. And part of this might be that I don't know how to work my camera well enough to take really good photos from far away to concert. But most of them are grainy and horrible. And you can't really post them anyway. So, what are you doing it for? So, they caught up with Phil Collins. 
Okay. Who was going to go back on the road, and I want to go so bad. Yeah. Oh, dude, just hits on top of hits oh, on top of hits. Dude, I saw him at the queue once. It was amazing. He is so good. Um, Yeah, very talented musician. And uh, what did Phil Collins have to say about He said this? he's seen this happen a ton of times with concert goers who uh, take out their cell phones. And they the take studio. He says he takes it takes them out of the emotional experience because they're looking to play amateur cinematographer. And here's the thing: I think he might be right because I've done this. I think there have been shows that I have gone to where I spent most of the time on my phone taking photos, trying to Instagram, trying to Facebook Live. Because let's be honest, we all got egos and we all want to be verified on Twitter and all this stuff. And so, like, you end up doing this, and then I go home and I realize I didn't even see that show. Like, I didn't even see it. I have no idea what happened. Like, I have better memories from shows I saw in the 90s than I do from shows I saw two weeks ago. That seems crazy, and I'm willing to bet that the cell phone obsession has something to do with it. He says they're half-consumed with whether it's in focus or they're getting the best light. Yes, we are. It's, and he says, I don't understand this. He's like, it's so they can go home and enjoy the concert. He's like, you're here. Enjoy it here. Now, I know that sounds a little get-off-my-lawn-ish. It does, Okay. But I think there's going to be something to it. He said, when the lights used to go out, everybody was used to be on their toes and excited and you could feel it in the arena. He's like, now the lights go out and everybody's looking straight down. He's like, as soon as I hit the stage, he's like, nobody's looking at me. Everybody's looking down at their phones to pull the camera app out. Does that say something about the audience or does that say something about Phil Collins? I think the audience. Phil Collins didn't get worse. Like, did Phil Collins just become terrible? I don't because know. Because this is, this is who... The, now, they talked to a couple of other artists here. We're going to get into that. But this is an artist they talk to. This isn't like this is happening... No, it's not like you go to other shows and nobody's taking pictures, and that it's like this is only happening to Phil Collins. This is who we are now. We're obsessive now. Because what we really want to do... You don't want to capture the moment. You know what you want to do? You want to shove it in your neighbor's face. You went and they didn't. That's what you want to do. You, this is keeping up with the Joneses. That's all it is. So another artist here, and I hadn't heard about this, Alicia Keys, apparently came under fire earlier uh, in, in 2016. She, I guess, signed with Yonder. Okay. Y-O-N-D-R. Yonder. Which enforces phone-free spaces... For events like this. Now listen okay. to this, because this might be too far, okay? What they do is the company will lock your cell phone in a device. It's like a patented case, and you get to carry it. So you don't like leave your cell phone with somebody. They put it, I guess, what would be like a plastic lockbox, and you have it, you have possession of your phone, but it will not unlock. Until you're outside of the venue. Um, I don't know. I so here's the thing. That. It's not. It's so. Here's the thing. It's not a choice. Like if you go see Alicia Keys, you do this. Now I understand that there are artists who are big enough to do that kind of stuff. I know about riders and like that kind of thing. Again, working at a concert venue, I kind of have a little, you know, behind the scenes access to that kind of stuff. I um, I didn't realize Alicia Keys was still big enough to where she could diva up like that. Right? That didn't seem like... Well, she's probably not trying to sell out the queue. You know what I mean? So if you do this at the House of Blues instead of the queue, you probably have enough fans to fill up the HOB. You know what I mean? Like, 
where would she perform if she went up there? Probably State Theater, something. Yeah, State Theater, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Now, metric front woman Emily Haynes. Metric. I don't know. I don't know if a lot of you know. I I got dragged to a metric show at House of Blues once, and somebody was. I was like, "Who the hell is that?" And somebody's like, "Dude, you're gonna like this more than you think you will." And I went, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Performance wise, it wasn't the worst. I don't know how, but we have a uh, a metric song here. Who the hell in this building is playing metric? Breathing underwater by metric. I'm not a fan or anything, but I did go to a show. I, like I always say, if a band gets big enough, I want to see it. And she says, I feel like metric shows used to be like rock and roll church. The doors would close and this was our home for the next couple of hours. And again, Emily Haynes, the front woman for metric. And I never thought about this from the from, from the performer's perspective. I, I'll be honest. I never thought about it. But she says it's becoming tougher and tougher to recapture energy in larger venues as more and more people are documenting their experience versus, you know, taking in the experience. She says you're trying to convey to thousands of people something that will unify everyone. And instead, you spend a lot of your time now at these shows thinking as you're singing these songs, oh, no, this person's got this camera shoved right up underneath my crotch. And these are going to be unflattering photos of myself. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're a rock star. Deal with it. Okay, but who are rock stars? Who are movie stars? Who are celebrities when the night's over? They're you. They're me. They're people. And we don't get to just treat them differently just because of the money they make. No, you don't. They're still a human being. Okay? Now, I understand that people snacking pictures is going to be part of it. I get it. But she's on to something here. Like, are we going to, as the audience, let me ask you this. Are we, as the audience, going to do so much negative things in the crowd that we're going to start negatively affecting the performances we would get? Because it sounds like we are. Because another thing Emily Haynes, front woman from Metric, says, you know what she says? Shows are becoming homogenized. Because another thing that's happening is, she says, you know, you're a rock and roll musician. Sometimes in between songs, you're trying to energize the crowd. You're saying things. And she's like, now we don't. She goes, because if you say the wrong thing and it gets bind, guess what? No more albums sold. She's like, people, artists are starting to feel like, I better homogenize this and not say anything that could be viewed to be wrong or controversial or anything like this because my business is going to be affected. And I started thinking about that. What a shame. Because I am obviously, I work a little loosely in the music business. Radio, and again, like I said, I work at a concert venue. And part of that is because I love bands. I love music. I grew up with a passion for it. I love live shows. I'm a 40-year-old man that will go to a live show every night of the week if I could. Because I love it. And I started to think. We're going to ruin this. We're going to ruin this trying to be the star, even though you paid 50 bucks to go see a real star. Isn't giving the audience what they want a part of the responsibility of, of, of the performer? You're going to get into a weird territory. You're not going to get me to sign off on saying responsibility. Well, isn't, isn't it a part of their job? I mean, giving the audience what they want is part of the job. And I'm sure there's times when, you know, it's not like a new theory of, of yeah, people are going to like this better, so let's do this. I mean, producers have been telling bands that since the day one. No, yeah. this is how they're going to like it. They, no, don't. No, we don't, get to, we don't get to sit here and do your experimental guitar crap. Write a hit. Here's the hook. Here's how play we do it. it. Get up there and play it. Right. Not new. It's not a new thing. Okay. All right. Okay. There's an argument to be made there. And I'm not panicking right now and saying, oh, my God, we've ruined shows. But again, man, I work at the Agora about four or five times a month. (laughs) Thanks, Rock 106.9. But I do about four or five times a month. And every once in a while during the band set, I'll look at one of the other bartenders and be like, yo, man, I want to go check out about 10 minutes of this. All right. We'll see you when you get back. And I go in there 
And do we're routinely sold out because we're starting to book really big bands at the Agora now. And uh, we're routinely sold out. And you go in there and nobody's watching anything. Everybody's tweeting it, talking about how fun it is. How would you know how fun it is? You haven't paid attention to the last half hour of it. It, it seems weird. To me, it, it, and maybe this is just the way that I would do it. Like, And I'm guilty of this. I'm not coming well, down on you, Pete. Here, I took a picture. Okay, that took me about five seconds. All right, oh, well, I had to take a great picture. Okay, that took me five minutes. So okay. I went, I found a good angle, and, and here I am, and I took my picture. All right, now I'm going to post it up on Twitter. That took me 30 seconds. I, to me, and maybe just the way I do things is like, all right, hey, I'm back into it. It's I not think, necessarily. I think that might be a you thing. I really do. I, I, I now, are there going to be people who write in or call in or whatever and say I'm with Phantom? For sure, there will be. But I think there. You got to remember, man. A lot of people who go to shows now are younger, and they're more cell phone obsessed than even like you and I are. And I think that there are people who are no, who are full on checked out at shows. But this is Phil Collins we're talking about, so it's not just a young thing. This is old people too. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair, although I'm willing to bet a lot of people who go see Phil Collins are younger than you think. I, um, but but yes, yeah, so I mean, he's definitely going to draw an older crowd. Uh, but I think there's maybe we're better at this than some other people then. I just, for it seems very strange to me that the same people that bitch about how much it costs to go to a show, and then you get there, and then you don't watch it. I can't believe I got to pay $75 to see Tim McGraw. Well, you didn't. You paid $75 to stare at your iPhone. Genius. Way to go. Speaking of the music business, yeah, I got sucked into the first year of America. I think it was the first year of American Idol. Whatever year Bo Bice was on American Idol, I was like dating a girl at the time we were living together, and she was like full on in American Idol. Jeez, okay. And I got like sucked in, and I was like a huge Bo Bice fan. Like I was all in on Bo Bice, and he has hit the news, and I can't believe what okay, for. Okay, I cannot believe what for, and we'll give you the story next on the Stansbury. One zero six nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Did I forget to pass out those WWE tickets? Son of a bitch. Did I do? I did, didn't I? Yeah, you did. You know what? No wonder I need two jobs. I'm not any good at this one. Short-term memory loss. (laughs) How does it happen? Nobody knows. Speaking of that, all right, we got to be quick on this because I do want to get to this Bo Bice thing. But you found a video, and Phantom posted this at WRQK.com. And I just tweeted it out, and uh, which is at Stansbury Show, by the way, is how you follow me on Twitter. Fantone can be found at Fantone. Uh, at Stansbury Show is also my Instagram if you're interested in that. But a cop found a uh, – I didn't really watch this yet, so I'm going to lean on you here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he found a teen smoking some weed. Yeah, found a teen outside happened? the movie theater smoking dope. Oof. Could have found a 40-year-old yesterday before Rogue One yesterday. But apparently the the the, the punishment was uh, he made him get out of the car and do 200 push-ups. And you don't like it. No, I, I really you don't. You hate this. I really don't. It was He told the kid, hey, I can arrest you or you can do 200 push-ups. And that just feels like, listen, of course, if this was me getting arrested, I'd be like, dude, yeah, I'm doing the push-ups. And of course, <laughs> right, right, I, right, right, I don't right. care how long okay, it Okay, thank you me. for that, at least. I'll, I'll admit that. But it just feels like if a cop catches you breaking the law... He's not the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Like, arrest the kid, do your part of the, of the job, and and go from there. Okay, what about like if a cop pulls somebody over for speeding and then decides to cut you a break and let you go? Because what you're doing there, I'm not arguing with you, but what you're doing there is you're taking away officer discretion. Is that all right? If a cop sees you breaking the law, I feel like it's their responsibility to enforce that law. Okay. You know right. what I mean? Like, do 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 I understand that? You know, hey, you're going one over. Well, 
I'm still going one. I still broke the law, and it's still up to the jury, and or it's still up to the judicial system to decide whether I'm guilty or not. Whatever's going on there, I just can't sign off on. Well, do this kid gets to do 200 push-ups and goes back to smoking weed? What, what, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I haven't watched the video yet, but my guess is they confiscated the weed, right? Well, you can't go buy more weed? Well, of course you are. But so, I mean, but you were going to buy more weed whether you got arrested for it or not. Not if you know, In the ideal world, not if I get arrested, face the criminal, you know, the, 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 yeah, the prosecution. You're not going to jail for like, uh, possession. But you're still dealing with the legal system. You're still dealing with the consequences of your actions. Being the, fingerprinted, you're in the system. Yeah. yeah okay. If, if the consequences of my actions are doing 200 push-ups, what's the deterrent from doing it? You know what I want? I want to get Officer Lamar Sharp in here. Because yeah. I, I'd be interested to find out about that, and be interested to find out like what the what the behind the scenes. I don't know if he'd be w- allowed to talk about it, but I'd be I'd be interested to get his take. I understand there's going to be a priority list, and going one mile per over is not going to be treated the same as a murder case. Sure, but, yeah, but, we're but, right. But I mean, this is. I found you doing drugs in public. I, I, I don't know how 200 push-ups is a uh, worthy punishment. There. All right. Okay. I like it. Holding everybody accountable there. Trying to. All right. So I don't know if it was the first year of American Idol or if it was uh, or, or or what, but I was living with a girlfriend at the time, and we were both working at at, at a radio station together, and uh, so we, we didn't have a lot of money, and uh, so we watched a lot of television, and uh, much like everybody else in the country, we got like caught up in the American Idol phenomena. It was not the first season because Kelly Clarkson won that. One. Oh, so yeah. I don't know which season this was, but I, I do think know, third maybe then. I do know Kelly Clarkson won the first one. You would have thought I would have known that. Yeah, you would have. Be the big Kelly Clarkson fan that I am. You would have. I love her. Anyway, so Bo Bice was on American Idol, and I got like caught up in the Bo Bice like phenomenon. Like, dude, here's the thing. I voted. Ah, voted. Stansberry. Voted. Listen, everybody's watched something stupid with the girlfriend, nope, but you're voted. voting. I was in. You're voting. One time I worked for a guy or a woman in radio. She was the general manager, and she told me she voted like 148 times in American Idol, and that was the moment I lost respect for her. I was like, I can't respect somebody who voted 148 times. I, well, I, mine was only once. <laughs> See, well, <laughs> so, at least I mean, that's something. Can, at least that's something. Can we still be friends? Yeah, do, we do, still do, be do, friends. do you still like me? So I got caught up in the Bow Weiss phenomena. I did. Bow Weiss phenomena. There was Take that. Take over the world. You were, you were eight years old. Dude. You don't know. I can't. Yeah, dude, come on. Eight years old. When, when was this? 1992 American Idol? Come on, Stansberry. A grown adult by the time American Idol became a thing. No, you weren't. You were 10. Stop it. Bobice phenomenon. There was, dude. I think, dude, America doesn't want to admit it now. But there was. <laughs> the new can't play the Stark County Rim burn off now. All right, bet. I'm booking it. Bet. <laughs> My dear God. But there was, I, all right, a little revisionist history here. <laughs> Bo Bice was sweeping the nation. Or maybe just my house in Parma. Okay. I don't know. All right. all right. But now nobody's heard from this dude for like 10 years because he's Bo Bice and nobody cares, right? <laughs> right. Even me. Right. But now he made news now. As he's threatening legal action against a food chain. This is Popeye's Chicken. Love that chicken from Popeyes. Uh, let me see here. He was at the company's Hartsfield Jackson International Airport location. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that airport. But he claims that he was a victim of racism at Popeyes. Why did they not hire him? Because he was white. Is that what happened? <laughs> no, but apparently, uh, no. But apparently, the person behind the counter called him white boy. Uh, called him white boy. Probably didn't know how to order fried chicken, right? Dude, you just point at the number. No, I would like I would like to order some of your fried chicken. Bice told Fox 32 News that the three ladies behind the counter asked whose food it was, and when one of them, uh, he said, I turned around, and one of them said, that white boy right there. Now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too far on this, but the world would be ending today 
if somebody had said, oh, that black dude right there. The world would end today. We'd be talking about how there's institutional racism all over the country, and it's all of this, and white privilege, and blah, blah, blah. We'd be talking about it. On end. This, we'll laugh at this. Ha You get called him white boy, it's funny. That's what happens. Which way should it be? There is real racism in the world. I understand that. So it's like you, you can't... I don't know if I can say it should be this way or that way over a topic that's that serious. I think it's a little too nuanced for that. I, uh... But we would... We're laughing at this the way we wouldn't if this was the other way. There, I mean, there is... That is true. It's not like this was... You know, used in a slanderous way or anything like that. It's just a descriptive term. Right. But again, that's my point. Like, if I was at the Agora, right, and somebody said to me, hey, whose tab is that? And I looked down the bar and I said, that black chick right there. And somebody heard that, I'd be in trouble for that. I don't know if legal trouble or personal trouble, this yeah. and that, but I'm going to have an interaction. That's going to be a negative thing, and I'm going to have to explain myself as a non-racist the moment I say something like that. Where I don't think it works the other way. This is much like how, like... Bill Burr, you know, mentioned this. Like, dude, when that woman cut that man's penis off, everybody laughed. Everybody thought it was super funny. Because nobody cares when stuff happens to guys. And he made the point of, if a guy removed a woman's breast and threw it in the dishwasher, is anybody laughing about that today? No, there'd be ribbons and all kinds of stuff we'd have to do. And it's, a, it's very little. It's just, now again, it cannot be denied that white people have had an easier go. Okay? I'm not going to sit here and say that we haven't. We have. We've had an easier go. Okay, I understand that. But just because of that, I'm not sure that it's okay to say that this isn't racist, where if I just say, as a descriptive term, the black guy over there. Now, I'm not saying anything negative about the black guy over there. I'm just descriptively saying that's the person, right? That would be considered to be racist, where this isn't. And it's just a little, like, again, I'm not looking to bring everybody down or, you know, even it out. I'm just saying it's a noticeable thing in this country. And if we're going to talk about race as openly and as frankly as we have been for the last two years, this has to be part of that conversation. That's it. That's it. WWE tickets up for grabs. Not now. Next on Rock 106.9. 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. I swear to God, we're going to give you those WWE tickets. We'll do it here in uh, just a few minutes. 1 800 243 7625, the number you'll need for those. I swear to God, we'll do it this time. I promise you. Fingers crossed. Uh, it was a little earlier in the program. I talked about how I went to the movie theater yesterday and uh, saw, I saw Rogue One, the new Star Wars movie. And uh, I'm pretty sure the 55 year old couple that came in after me and sat all the way at the top of the movie theater in the final row, the last row, I'm pretty sure there was sexual activity. Really? I'm pretty sure. Really? I don't, I don't want to call anybody out, but I was up on the strip there, and there was like they were like 55, and they were back there, and it seemed as if there may have been a little HJ situation going on. So we're talking like genital touching here. Yeah. We're not just talking like, oh, they were making out, and well, because I, I could see how that could, you know, you're 55 years old, yeah. you haven't had, you know, the, that, 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 that desire in a while, you go to a movie and you feel like you're a kid again. There was like nine people in the theater. I went at like one o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. It was like right. nine people in the theater total. And uh, I bought my tickets via the kiosk thing, so I was able to pick where I wanted to sit. And right. I sat, and I had like an aisle seat, and I picked one of those things where there's nobody right in front of you, but the bar there, okay. or whatever. And so nobody, everybody else in the theater was in front of me. This couple came in late. They were the only people sitting behind me. Yeah. And there was quite a ruckus going on back yeah. there. And every time I turned around... It looked like, what are you looking over here for? And it looked like they were guilty of something. I'm pretty sure there was, there was fondling going. 
That's not why we're talking about this. Jeez Louise. Don't you, as a side note here, you and I do stuff in the day all the time on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, because we get out of work early. Yeah, what are you people doing here? I always look at people. I'm like, how? Why aren't you at work? Go to work, idiot. The the theaters were swamped. I mean, because there was other newer movies out or whatever, and I I don't think most people who want to see Star Wars, you know what I mean? Like, it's not one of those things. And so, yeah, I always do that. I'm like, where? Why aren't you? Dude, go to work. Go to work. Go to work. But I wanted to talk about this as my friend Jara posted this from one of her friends. And you've heard a lot over the last year and a half about equality and uh, via like, you know, uh, television and movies and the kind of like, and we need, like, remember Ghostbusters, it's important that women have a bigger role in, in blockbuster films. And it's important okay. that, yeah, that, you know, we bring race into this, whatever. So a friend of hers, a friend of my, uh, my friend Jara, a friend of hers posted this. And, you know, she kind of hit me up and was like, hey, I don't know if this will hit you the same way it hit me, but I thought this was a really interesting take. Okay, so a friend of hers posted this, and I, I you know, I think it's interesting. It says here, I took my father to see Rogue One today, the new Star Wars movie. I've wanted to take him for a while. I wanted my Mexican father, with his thick Mexican accent, to experience what it was like to see a hero in a blockbuster film speak the way he does. Diego Luna's in this movie, and he does. He has a very thick Mexican accent, and he's not trying to hide it a bit. Now, I completely understand that, you know, in a Star Wars movie where there's a billion aliens and they all speak different languages, it just would feel weird of, like... All right, this dude's got a really heavy Mexican. I mean, accent. dude, he doesn't call anybody essay or anything. Okay, all right, <laughs> so, all right. You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna be fine there. But this guy wanted his dad to see what it would be like for a guy with a thick Mexican accent to be in a blockbuster film like that. Now, see, I never think about stuff like that because there's plenty of white dudes in movies. Every 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 movie, every TV show, it's all a white dude. Every video game, it's a white hero. It's a white you know character that and leads it. He says, "I wasn't sure my dad was gonna even. I wasn't sure this was gonna resonate with him, but I wanted to take him anyway." And so Diego Luna's character comes on screen, starts speaking. My dad nudged me and said, in the theater, he has a heavy accent. And I told my father, yep, just like yours. And then we're walking to the car. He turns to me and says, did you know that he had an accent? And I said, yes. Uh, Again, just like yours, dad. He said, that's why I wanted to bring you. And his dad didn't know much about the Star Wars world. So he said, did this movie make a lot of money? Like his dad was convinced maybe it wouldn't make a lot of money because there's a there's a heavy, thick Mexican accent. He said it was the second biggest grossing movie of 2016, even though it's only been out 18 days. It's probably, you know, it's going to be the biggest movie of next year. You know, and uh, he then said, do people like this movie? And he said, yeah, everybody loves this movie. It's got great reviews. And then his dad asked him why Diego Luna hadn't changed his accent. I told him that he has openly talked about keeping his accent and how proud he is of it. My dad was silent for a while. Then he said, and he was a main character. I said he was. And my dad was so happy. Viva la raza. That's pretty awesome there. That's pretty. And normally, dude, I don't care about stuff like that. But that that one, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Is it necessary, though? Are they right in saying that, well, you know, you show, you know, minorities, including race, interracial, women, all that, homosexuals? I like. Now, you remember when when uh, when the first I forget, is it not Rogue One? What's the I forget what the other one's called now. Force Awakens. Force Awakens. There it is. I remember when that came out and they were talking to J.J. Abrams, you know, Abrams about the cat. Remember, because they had that black stormtrooper. People lost their mind Mm -hmm. because people are idiots. And uh, and J.J. Abrams said. I just wanted to make films that represented the world I live in. Like, it starts to look strange 
when you look around the theater and there's all these races of people, but they're not on the screen. I will, will admit that. That is strange. And I like the fact that the film franchise I like the most is doing this in the right way. And uh, again, we'll go back to male-female here. We'll get out of the race world. But there you go yesterday. I'm in a theater watching Rogue One and the, 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 the character for the second Star Wars movie in a row, female. And I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me one way or another. Movie's good. I don't care. It doesn't feel like that, that's what Star Wars is really good at. It doesn't feel like they're trying to do this. It's like, oh, that's the story. This is how it fits. And it made all the sense in the world. It's not noticeable when Star Wars does it. Ghostbusters was a noticeable thing. Get ready. Here comes the vagina Ghostbusters. Because no, I watched that over the holiday break and it was was that Ghostbusters' fault or was that media's fault? That was like- both. That it was a little bit of both. That was that was that was a movie director getting caught up in media hype that there's not enough equality. He put out the film and what did it do? Lost two hundred ten million dollars. Lost two hundred ten million dollars. I think you got to be careful about how you do this stuff. You can't have it be the reason. You can't do it just to placate. Star Wars has been doing it great. They've been putting more races of people in it. They've been putting more female leads in it, and all the while, it's not noticeable. It's all still in part of the Star Wars world, and it's totally viable. You can believe it. You can still be pulled into it, and I don't care that it's not a man. If you were a passive Star Wars fan, do you think it would change? I, I think it would. I think I would care less even then, right? Aren't I more? I, I don't know, but aren't I more inclined to care the the bigger fan of the franchise I am? Uh, I think you now j- maybe I'm a progressive person, and maybe you know I, I might be in the minority. Here. And I think you'll cut Star Wars breaks on things that maybe that others you know other franchises might not got might not. Okay, get the well break I, okay, I I take your point, but I don't view like having a female lead something I have to cut somebody a break for. I understand why some people may feel that yeah. way. I don't necessarily feel that way. I think it's been great. You got Disney taking over the franchise, gave you two movies, both with a female lead, and they've both been excellent. I, 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 so, I mean, that's good. I read an article yesterday, actually, and it was about Disney and the concept of like, oh, they need to make Leia an official Disney princess and stuff like that. And it actually broke down how, while we are making this huge push towards quote-unquote equality and, and this is what we're supposed to you know, do, um, Disney uh, princesses in the last 15 years have had considerably less dialogue in their movies than they did back in like 1950. Is that real? Yeah, like like, really? like if you take like I didn't know that. If you take like uh, Pocahontas and 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 those movies of like The Lion King and all stuff like that, all those women just were told to shut up. Like Little Mermaid never got to say anything, never got to do anything. Like all those Snow White was more progressive was the point that they were trying to make with that. The Disney movie that always comes top of mind the moment I think about Disney cartoon movies, the 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 the, the one that comes to my mind first is always Aladdin. Now that she spoke quite a bit. Uh, I think if you compared it to to the fifties to the nineteen fifties, Jasmine really? Jasmine was nowhere near as on screen or as a part of the story. Now, obviously, movies like Frozen have kind of changed that in the past. Yeah, year. it's going to bring up the rear a little bit. And Aladdin really was about him. I mean, it was about him and his story. So I get why she wasn't on screen as much as he was. But I mean, dude, she's on the magic carpet ride. I mean, she was definitely a focus point. That's strange, though. I didn't know that. Not just focus point, but like a mover of the story, as opposed to just being like oh, the well, love I mean, interest. He was, he was trying to seduce her so i mean she's a part of the story that's what i'm saying as opposed to just being a love interest did she bring anything else to the story and that's the thing that they were trying to point out is that movies or disney movies in the 50s were far more progressive than more modern disney huh. movies in that sense that sounds crazy i would have never guessed i would have bet i would have bet the farm the other way on that but again i don't have a great love of like i don't think i've ever seen snow white i don't think i've ever se- i know for sure i haven't seen all of bambi 
Um, I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast. Like I don't, I don't, I just don't know this stuff. It's probably a good thing. I don't want you to end up on a list. Stansberry's like, dude, you know what I gotta do is I gotta watch all these Disney princess movies, dude. Don't do that. With the pants off. It's one of those things we always talk about. Some things with a girlfriend. If I watch The Little Mermaid with my girlfriend tonight because she's like, babe, I want to watch The Little Mermaid. Yeah, but if I do it, I'm a pedophile. If you do it, you're some sort of weirdo. I know. I know. Uh, You know what? Speaking of pedophiles. (laughs) Okay. Get ready. No, there's a a video. We didn't get to this today. And honestly, it's because I don't have the equipment I need to edit the audio down well enough. And so I want to do that tomorrow. Maybe, you know, we'll take some time and get the audio edited down. But there's a a video online at WRQK.com of a guy who calls himself a virtuous uh, pedophile, meaning he has the desire to touch kids, never does it, understands it's wrong, and he's out to, to change our opinion about how we treat and handle pedophiles. And so I posted this on Facebook last night, and everybody's blasting the guy, calling him every horrible name in the world. And then down at the very bottom of the comment section was somebody writing this in, and I found this to be genius. What happens? What happened to Love Trump's hate? Oof. The guy, he's never, he's never done anything wrong. Yeah, but that, does, I mean, that doesn't necessarily apply in every situation. You know what I, I mean? I think showing compassion to your human being applies along the board. I think it's not our place to kick people on the balls or rip their heads off or chop their heads off for 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 their desire. That's not up to us. We have we have uh, we have, we have a you know judicial system. If he breaks the law, you face it and you go to jail. But it just seems to me like people want love and let's be nice to one another. Let's be nice to one another. But the moment you don't like something, what do you do? That vitriol comes out. Trump didn't do this to us. We did it. WWE coming January 22nd. Let's get you hooked up. Call our 17-1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to that. Be right back with more show. Hang on. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Just sent somebody to the uh, Civic Center on the 22nd of this month to uh, check out the WWE. And we'll have another pair of tickets for you tomorrow morning on the program. Nearing the end of today's show. Man, I can't believe it. Today flew by. And like you've been saying all morning, I keep forgetting it's Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday, last day of the week. Jeez. Indeed it is, buddy. <sighs> Man, is that good? Indeed it is. Man, is that good? Like that. Like it. Uh, we were talking a little earlier about this video that's online at WRQK.com where a cop had caught like a teenager smoking some weed in uh, like a parking lot of a movie theater, I think it was. And so they catch him smoking the weed, pull him out of the car, and uh, basically the summation is this. You either get arrested or do 200 push-ups and I'll let you go. Phantom doesn't like it. Doesn't like it. Kind of feels like, uh, you know, the officer's discretion, not not great, right? So I jokingly tweeted the link out, and I said I could see Lamar Sharp doing this, and I tagged him in it. And if you don't know, he's a, he's a local police officer here. And he, put, he responded back via very public forum, so I feel like it's okay to say this. He responded to me and said, I've done that along with wall squats. Now, he didn't say for what kind of thing he caught somebody doing or what like the infraction was. So maybe it wasn't marijuana. Maybe it was just kids being kids and being bad or whatever and doing something. He's like, you know what? You're going to straighten your act up. I'm going to make you do push-ups and wall squats. But he's, he's, he's dude, Lamar's about that life. If, 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 if I'm a parent of a kid that got arrested for weed in that town... And my kid didn't get to do push-ups. Why? Why is my kid have a criminal record right now? Oh, I ne- see. I didn't think about that. Right. But you're right. I mean, <laughs> I mean there's going to be parents showing up, knocking on the door. If I'm an adult who gets caught smoking weed in that town, well, let me do push-ups. I'm good. Here's the other. Let thing. me do push-ups. Black teen, black officer. 
Is somebody going to be, well, would you have, le- right? Is that going to be the thing? I don't know. I'm not trying to say it will be, but what, it's like. What are the circumstances of allowing somebody to break the law right. and, and having f- physical punishment? I mean, what like, are you a gym coach? Is it like, hey, go take a couple laps. You've been acting bad today. I, I, I Listen, and like I said, of course, if this was me and, and I got out of trouble because I did 200 pushups, of course, I'm going to take advantage of that. It just, to me, that feels like, like I said, right. you're not the judge, jury, and executioner here. Arrest the kid for breaking the law. I don't. Okay. All right. You're right. You start. Uh, you start loosening here, and there's 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 a, there's a lot of what ifs happen. There. Right. And right. that's that's a that's a bad place for probably law enforcement to be. So as if the I have ifs. an eighth, it's okay. But if I have a QP, nope. You can't you can't do the push ups. Jeez, he even knows all the terminology. Oh, gee, oh my gosh, you want to no. hear the numbers? No, no, knows all knows all the terminology. <laughs> he does. Jeez. All right. So uh, as we sit here on the fifth of January, I'm willing to bet most of your uh, New Year's resolutions are done. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, probably I would, most of assume. us are probably done. I would assume. Now, mine was very simple of, uh, you know, I just, I want to get the golf game really on track this year. And so I've been at the driving range. Luckily, Skyland Pines has a heated range for me. And, uh, and I've been out there every day for like weeks now. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to hit the ball a little bit better. And I got my wedges really turned around. Long story short, whatever. You, you guys don't care. But most people are done with their New Year's resolutions. And I've kind of made the thing like, you know, what you should do is make it something you enjoy. And that way you'll continue to do it. Right. You're not going to fix yourself at the end of the year or no. the first part of the year. If you were the kind of person who's going to completely fix yourself and make you a better person, you would already be a better person. You don't need January 1st to do it. So... One of uh one one of the biggest celebrities on the face of the planet, and I didn't know this over the last recent years, has been posting his New Year's resolutions very publicly. Okay, and this is the uh, owner, operator, CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. Right, has uh, largely been publicizing his New Year's resolutions uh, over the last few years. Um, in the recent years, it was learning Mandarin, running three hundred sixty-five miles, reading twenty-five books. Okay. Now, Right. Those are all positive things. And obviously, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg can read 25 books. Well, Mark Zuckerberg has the resources to accomplish learning Mandarin, and he has the resources to do all these things. Where and he can run 365 miles on a treadmill while he's at work. Right, where, where, <laughs> where a lot of people might not necessarily have that available, but let's not hate the rich. Let's Okay, good job, Mark Zuckerberg. So he has a New Year's resolution for 2017, and it involves apparently doing a tour of the United States. And he said, I'm trying to make the most positive impact as the world enters an important new period. Translation, I'm scared to death of the president-elect. I need to go around the country and tell everybody why it's going to be okay. That's all right. That's totally okay. That's his opinion. Totally okay. I'm for it. The 32-year-old billionaire hopes by the end of the year to have visited and met people in every U.S. state. Now, owning the business that he does, I think that's probably a good idea. That's probably smart. The pledge comes after court documents revealed that Zuckerberg had made provisions to keep control of Facebook if he works for the government. So if he decides he wants to go work for the government, he still wants control of Facebook. Now, as we heard a lot about Donald Trump's businesses and conflict of interest, that will be a conflict of interest. Be interested to see how that goes. Depending on the job. What that's what people are saying is that he's too big for most governmental jobs. And the only job that really fits him is guess what? president of the united states and some of you in your car just went no way and what i'll tell you is i don't know how we say no way to a self-made billionaire who earned his fortune off of his idea off of his thing i mean he's obviously got the brain to be president 
Right? I mean, Jimmy Carter was president for Christ's sake. I think Mark Zuckerberg could be president. Well, I mean, the point of we can never say, no, dude, he could never be no, president. No, Kanye that's, could be president dude, now. Dude, that's, that, that ship has sailed. So, yes, Mark Zuckerberg could totally be now, president. he's totally. a little liberal for a lot of people, okay? A lot liberal. I think he's pretty liberal, and that's coming from me. He's pretty liberal for most people. But what did I say about Don- the, what I said about Donald Trump is is the same thing. Donald Trump and Mark Zuckerberg have one thing in common, probably more, but they have one thing in common for sure. And this is what I said about Trump during the campaign: he's got a shot because he understands you and I better than we understand government or the people running. Mark Zuckerberg, look at Facebook. He has us all. You can't take a dump without Facebook now. You can't do it. We were talking, we started the show out with Facebook Marketplace this morning. Facebook, you are so reliant on this thing. So what does that mean? It means he knows how to move stupid, fat Americans around his chessboard. Guess what? Mark Zuckerberg going to be president of the United States. That's going to happen. I like it, dude. Zuckerberg, we've talked about Kanye being president, John Cena, The Rock. Who knows, dude? Who knows? This is going to be the most star-studded presidential election ever. Dude, The Rock, honestly, The Rock would have a shot, too. He's likable. He's palatable. People love him. All those dudes that we just said. Kanye West. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. You're not wrong. Kanye West, John Cena, The Rock, Mark Zuckerberg. All those dudes have a shot at being president. Yeah, they do. All of them. They do. They do. It's awesome. Stansberry for president. Why not? Ah, uh, no! Put me in charge of HUD. All right. I want the Ben Carson gig. Okay. Nobody right. cares about it. No. <laughs> no. Nope. It pays good. You Nobody. Get, cares. You get front row access to every bad bitch contest in America when you're the housing and urban development leader. You get dude free access, front row seats, every bad bitch contest. That sounds like the best casting couch <laughs> of all time. All right. We'll take the final break of the program. Close it out for you next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9, nearing the end of the program. About done for the day. Online at WRQK.com is a uh, inside look at Timeless Rivals, which is a documentary that will be out in October about the rivalry between McKinley and Maslin there. And they're looking for a little community involvement. You can take a look about how you can get involved in all that. And uh, like I said Entire film should be out in October, but you can check out like a little behind the scenes on that. Certainly, history worth preserving, and I know so many people this meet this rivalry means so much to, and I completely understand it. This is a great way to show the rest of the country what this rivalry means. This is a great, it's a great way to show like why it's so important to everybody. So yeah, wrqk.com. I uh, it is a big deal. I remember when I first moved here. uh, Fantone and I were doing an event outside of like a KFC in in Maslin. Yeah. And like five 55-year-old dudes showed up to be like, man, we love the show. And they were all in their jerseys, all in their Maslin High School jerseys. And uh, they, remember, that was the day where those mm-hmm. guys were like, I won't even say Canton. It's Anton. And I was like, Jesus, dude. People take this rivalry to their grave. I remember I had to come back in here and tell my boss. He was like, they only care about that one once a year. And I was like, dude, you have a misunderstanding of this rivalry. Yeah, that's idiotic. Like, dude, you can bet on it in Vegas. They care all year about it. Like, I couldn't believe when he said that to me. Like, bro, you need to wake up. Yeah, they care. (laughs) 
a little uh, bit. While we're still uh, talking about Star County Sports and at the end of the show, I just Uh-oh. didn't want to go the entire show without throwing a shout-out to the Canton Charge. Huge road victory last night oh, up in good. Toronto. Uh, they, uh, they, they, they stepped a, a level up when it comes to their game recently. Uh, John Holland, Quinn Cook, and uh, Chris Evans all had huge games, so shout-out to the Charge. Hashtag Charge Up. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. When, when are you working there again? Dude, it stinks, man. The Charge for the first three weeks of January. Stop it. Uh, first two weeks are on the road, and then it's the all-star break for them, so they don't play again until the last week of January. Or the last week of January, January twenty fifth is my next game. Really? Yeah, it sucks, man. Three weeks without charge <laughs> sucks, dude. That's tough. You can watch the games on Facebook, though. That's what I did last night. Uh, I have, I don't know. Uh, I have Time Warner Cable at home, and um, I have apparently some NBA thing that gives me D League access. Like I can watch charge games on TV sometimes. Yeah, they give those games away for free. Like you can find them on YouTube live streams. You can find them on Facebook Smart. live. I mean, Smart. Well, dude, you're just trying to get Build you the know audience. exactly, yeah. exactly. And there was a huge. Uh, uh, a story about the NBA D League. I guess the salaries next year are doubling. The NBA is putting a lot of money into the to the you know the financing of these teams and to the production value and to the players that are going to be available. So good things in the you future know what for that is. Charge. I'm just guessing. All right, and this is just my personal opinion. I don't have any any facts to back this up, but my guess is this: this is the new NBA. Every team needs three stars. It's built on the big three now. We've kind of seen it. Pay these dudes these money. Get them, you know, get them interested. Get them playing together. Let's find guys who team up well together. And the, like, I, I think it's all about making the league stronger and smart. Well, what they what they are doing, and what I feel like the NFL is going to have to do, is taking a page out of baseball's book. Instead of letting your basketball players go over to China and make you know two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're making a lot of money playing basketball in like Turkey and like those kind of places. It's yeah, crazy. In Europe, you can make a ton of money. Yeah. And well, not, I mean, not NBA money, but still a ton Good of money. Enough, you can live. So if you want those guys in, to be involved in your farm system as opposed to going over to China, you got to pay them. You got to put money agree. in their pockets. And, and, and the NBA D-League will be doing that next year. So Hashtag charge up. Charge. Aside from that, we are done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. at Rock 106.9 for the final day of the week. You guys have an awesome afternoon. See you.